This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Really nice episode of the Mandatory Samson podcast this week. We're talking about the WikiLeaks CIA document release, Donald Trump's absurd wiretapping claims, new immigration ban, Banksy, a Dave Chappelle clip. We're getting into a lot of stuff. Stick around. Definitely going to enjoy it. This is the mandatory Samson podcast coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Beautiful day today. My name is Christopher Flannery. I'm joined as always by Joseph Noe and Matt Weiss. Welcome to the program, gentlemen. How are we feeling today? Feeling awesome. Thank you for asking. Feeling good. All right. Seem a little, you know, you're equivocating a little bit. You really feel good? Eh, not, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to give the listeners all my issues going on live. All right. Okay. You, here's ask, me, you ask, go. me, ask me, ask me. Joe, how are you feeling? I'm feeling awesome. You know who the WWE champion is? Time out. Time out. We're not doing this. Time out. Off the top. <laughs> Welcome to the program, everyone. I know none of you really care about the WWE. Joey's apparently very excited. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you what hap- what we're doing yes. on the show. Okay. I think it's going to be a longer episode. I tried to I organized my bookmarks and I was like, "Oh, perfect amount of bookmarks. This is going to be great." And then I started doing the rundown. And I was like, "This is an 8-hour show." But <laughs> we're going to do it because we're covering some quick hits at the top. And then we have a lot of things where I was like, I can't not talk about this. This is stuff that's going on in the news that's important to cover. Four quick hits off the top. Banksy mm-hmm. or Bansky for people who are in the know. Uh Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi in Mosul in Iraq. We're going to talk about that. The Yemen raid that killed the Navy SEAL that Trump made a big deal about yeah. his wife. At the, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and the Jews. What about us? Uh, why you, yeah, we're going to talk uh, about them. You'll find out. <laughs> then we're getting into Trump's wiretap claims. I have a question. Why couldn't you say that we're going to reflect on the Jewish community? Because Well, because it's an entertainment program. Then okay. we're getting into Trump's wiretap claims. WikiLeaks' CIA document release. Trump care is here. We're going to talk about that. Also, we're going to get into the new travel ban that Trump is putting out. Then a quick uh, clip of Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. at a town council meeting. God, I love Dave Chappelle. Oh, good for him. Uh, we're going to play that. And then before we close, of course, we're going to have a Trump odds and ends. We also have an email from Tamir. He's mad at you, too. I think that's... That's well. You'll find out. To his yeah, you'll find out. We're gonna That's read his email fine. in a minute. I also want to say this: Brian Wilson's Oso Perizoso album is out now. Go get it. It's great. Support our friend Brian Wilson. Happy birthday to. Patrick Flannery. My dad turned 70 years old today. Oh my God, that's unbelievable. My mom's birthday was like a week ago and I took her to see Logan. Fantastic movie. Oh, really? Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Well, don't step on, on Pat's moment. Sorry. Hey, Dad, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy the day. We're going to have dinner this weekend. Maybe try to let some of these points I'm putting out there, let them sink in a little bit. We have the arguments in the car, you know, or whatever when we're hanging out. Let it just sink in there. You're getting a little, uh, you know, long in the tooth. You're running out of time to change your mind to the right uh, point of view here, you know? So happy birthday. And just let him know that Hugh Jackman will be winning in Lasko this year. Okay. You and your father do not share share political opinions? No. No, we don't. But we still, but you know what? We have a good time together. But, uh, but you know, I try to lay out the case. That's what this whole show's about. Well, mm-hmm. I, I eventually, I just get him to change his mind. I'll be like, all right, my work here is done. I don't have to do the show anymore. You got one. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, you son of a bitch. You, so you went to see Logan? Yes. Okay. It was a great movie. Great, okay, good. Amazing. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. You know, it's unbelievable that he has the talent to breathe new life into a character he's been for 15 years. It's has incredible. he really been? Yes. Nine movies, bro. Nine movies. This is the ninth movie as Wolverine. All right. Well, I don't care. Joe, you know, I've never seen any of them. Joe's trying to add more stuff to the uh, rundown just so we can make it uh, take it from an eight-hour show to a nine-hour show. I know. No, it's like what? all of a sudden we're doing the fucking Entertainment Weekly at the top of the show. Well, I don't understand why. <laughs> Oscar buzz, bro. It just happened. <laughs> There's no Oscar there, fucking buzz. There will be. There's a little bit over a year till, or under a year till Oscar buzz. Yeah. No, we just had it like a week ago. All right, it doesn't. Yeah, it's over. And also, so okay. And then what? So you mentioned the WWE champion. Yes. What is that? Who okay, it's 1998 all over again. What guess does that who, mean? Guess who the champion is? I don't even know. Bill. Bill Goldberg is the champion. Oh, really? Yes. All right. I didn't realize Goldberg was back. He was back. He came back for like a month, and now he has the belt. All right. Well, okay. Irrelevant to me, but good. Right, I'm glad fine. you're enjoying it. Yeah, that sounds great. Um. Let's see what are we going to do. All right, how about this? So why don't yes. we talk about this email we got from Tamir? Okay. You guys can, you know, try to defend ourselves. Yeah, defend your point of view or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's not. I'm obviously being silly. He, he's not mad. He's just laying out a case. But yeah, well, let's read his email quick and then we'll uh, we'll move on with the program. Hello, Chris, Joey, and Matt. As usual, I love the podcast. Now let's get down to business. I have to take Joey and Matt to task on their view on the equating of uh, the water fountains and bathrooms quote that we talked about last week. It was like, this is, it's never been about bathrooms as it was never about water fountains Hmm. was the quote. And it was equating the civil rights struggle uh, for black people in the United States to the transgender bathroom issue that's going on right now. All right. While the civil rights and liberties of both African-Americans and the LGBTQ community are important, the two are by no means an equal struggle. The history of slavery... Why can't we just call it the gay community? Really, we have to do LGBT... It's too hard to say. LGBTQ, can you do it? Well, probably not. Try it, LGBTQ. LBGTQ. The reason is, is because everyone doesn't fall under that scope. I understand. And also, you're being insensitive to individual needs when you generalize, overgeneralize. I know, but it's just not as catchy. LGBTQ, blah, blah, blah. We're going to add like 19. There's going to be more. Everything's not about being well, catchy well, in life. I recently saw like LGBTQ plus. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. So, But that's insensitive to the plus people. Then what are, what are we doing there? We're, we're not giving them their own letters? Yeah. Fluid gender people. What are we going to do? LGBTQ, FG, you know. All right. And off topic. Uh, the two are by no means an equal struggle. The history of slavery, Jim Crow, and the systemic racism that still exists in this country that spawned from the aforementioned atrocities in both scope and scale towers over the injustices suffered in the LGBTQ community. The amount and severity of the general opposition and violence against the proponents of obtaining civil liberties for two different movements are by no means comparable, which I think is a fair point. That's a thing. It's difficult to compare struggle, but he's right in terms of scope and damage and lasting effects. I think, yeah, that's, you know, I think he's right about that. I think I I may, I may not have met, said this as well as I would have liked last week, but I think there is some truth in that they're not the same, but it's a matter of scale. The yeah, current, the, for sure. The current issue is vastly scaled down from, okay, so the, I don't know the exact demographics, but the black, there's a large portion of, much larger portion of black people in this country than gay people for starts. Yeah. And secondly, yes, we have had the systemic, systemic racism as opposed to now we're getting to the edge. It's more of an education about like a while ago, people didn't really know what the gay community was. Like it was just didn't know there was transgender people in this country. Right. They didn't know, this wasn't a thing before, so it couldn't be systemic, systemic 
viol- or racism against them. Right. Oh. Well, and also, well, here, well, let's continue with this because yeah. we can get into it more. <clears throat> I acknowledge that the LGBT, uh, LGBT, see, it's just annoying to keep saying it. The LGBTQ community. Can we do, what is it? The LGBTQ community? How can we be so? It's not, oh, I'm being insensitive to gay people because I'm making fun of LGBTQ as like, it's a different, it's a mouthful to say. Okay. <laughs> Get it, mouthful. Oh, oh, oh now, oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Uh, <laughs> the I acknowledge that the L. Uh, oh, the amount and severity of the general. Uh, oh, I already read that. I acknowledge that the LGBTQ community has had a history of violence, like Stonewall, and systemic discrimination, like the current executive uh, officer. None of which is okay, but we also have to acknowledge that the severity and frequency of the violence against black people leading up to and during the civil rights movement is beyond staggering. The LGBTQ community were not forced into a separate and severely underfunded school system. They were never systemically cut off from financing from housing, segregated in every way possible from where we live to where we eat to who we could make eye contact with. They were never considered by law three-fifths of a human being or even worse, someone's property. Correct. I mean, there's just no arguing well, that. Uh, I'd say that... Th- it, they were never really acknowledged as people. People never exist, recognized that transgender was a thing, so they didn't, were never allowed to be themselves at all. It's, it's the, yeah, it, but the there's devil's a, advocate point to that. It's yeah, a, absolutely, yeah. and I, I answered Tamir, and I had kind of like made that point a little bit in email, but that is part of the situation, too. You can't hide your black, which he's going to bring up in this. You yes. can't hide your blackness. You, It sucks that you would have to hide being tr- transgender, what you're truly, you know, feel connected with gender-wise, or your sexuality, or whatever it is, but it's an option. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a survival tactic that you can go. You can't just decide one day like, well, I'm going to wear my white skin today because I don't want to be treated poorly because I'm black. There's yeah. no option to do that. You can act like you're not gay. You know what I mean? Or that you're not transgender. You shouldn't have to. That's not okay. I'm not saying that's the, the a good thing. But that's a y- tremendous difference, you know? Uh, it makes my blood boil when anyone tries to say, all right, relax. No, just, uh, it makes my blood boil when anyone tries to say that the movement for gay or trans rights is the same as the civil rights movement. Sure. Both groups have fought for the civil right to use the bathroom of their choosing and the right to marry who they choose, i.e. the loving case and gay marriage. But that is where the similarities end for me. We as black people in this country were never considered equal out of the gate. Like someone who is gay or transgendered were historically. I, you know, I think that I could probably, He's right about the that black people were obviously brought here as slaves and not looked at as people and were considered property. But I wouldn't say that the transgender people and gay people were kind of out of the gate accepted. I don't know. And I, I think mean, that's still a struggle. They know? weren't allowed to get married until 2004 in Massachusetts. That was the very earliest. Right. I mean, they. I'm not. I never tried to diminish the, no, struggle, no, I, the struggle of black people in this country. I under. Totally. It's the institutional racism is horrible. Like we need. And it still go. It still exists. I'm aware of this. It's well, before not- we even finish the the article, well, see, gotcha. See, the my only email. problem with this is we're kind of comparing apples and oranges. It's like you can't know where you 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 can't know where you're going until you know where you've been. And when you're trying to compare two people's different struggles, you're taking away from each individual struggle that has has occurred or is going to occur. Yeah, hundred percent. You're right. I was gonna say. Hmm. Nah, I guess it's kind of stupid because I don't. I don't want to have that conversation. Never mind. Um. All right. Let me find shit. Oh, no one was denied their right to vote. No, we already read that. Oh yeah, no one was denied the right to vote or systemically denied 
loans, equal education, or even forced to use different water fountains based on orientation. Moreover, a person can avoid discrimination based on orientation by simply not making it known or even changing their appearance or mannerisms, assuming that those things would, quote, out them. Right, which is mm-hmm. the point that I made. I, I agree with that point. I can't hide that I'm black. You know at the moment I walk in the room. For us, there was no hiding, no hope of circum- circumventing that kind of discrimination. Simply put, both of these are civil rights movements by nature, but they are not on the same level, just like Old Rag Mountain and Mount Everest are both mountains, but climbing one is entirely more dangerous than the other, and the two climbs are not and should not be uh, construed as being the same. From Tamir, thank you, Tamir, for writing in. He's Tamir always writes in and he, he comments, yeah, thank and, you. you know, tweets and all that stuff. So we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree, um, and I said it at the time when we when we saw the quote. It's like I get what they're trying to do, but you're you're conflating two things that are not the same. They're the same in the sense that people are fighting for their rights, but. Well, it's a different it's a different struggle entirely. And the quote to begin with was this comparison saying, "Okay, it's not a, it's not about that we can't use water fountain. It's the general scale of the this is the general struggle for our rights." I'm not trying to, that doesn't Yeah, but I don't them, but uh, that but, doesn't say they're equal. That does not say that the true struggles are of the same scale. Yeah, but it's well I I know it doesn't say scale, but it is equating it, but I don't think that it is the same because I think okay, black people can use the same fountains, that's fine. But that doesn't erase all the other stuff. If you allow transgender people to use the bathroom they want, that's a huge thing. <laughs> like that's a, just a huge part of it. What else are, are transgender people not allowed to do? You know what I mean? L- like I'm saying the systemic shit that is in place to keep transgender people from, from being themselves is way less than what would have been the case. And again, we're, you know, we're trying not to compare necessarily, but you know, the, the scope is much smaller. I've said yeah. this many times. No, but I, I even mean as far as like, you know, definitely there's violence perpetrated against people that are transgender or whatever, but that's, that's a people problem. You know, people are just like closed minded and bigoted and whatever. But if you take the bathroom thing away, say you go, okay, transgender people can use whatever bathroom fits their gender. What other struggle? And I'm not trying to minimize, but I'm saying, but like what other big thing would transgender people then even be trying to get legally? as opposed to culturally just being accepted. You understand what I'm saying? Where you take the bathroom thing away, okay, fine. Yeah, but you're not letting us vote. You're not letting us have loans, like he mentioned. You're not, uh, you know, there's just a whole host of things. I'm saying, like, what else is on the transgender rights checklist that would, other than just being accepted, you know? So I'm saying, like, even so the bathroom thing is the thing. If you take that off the table, then who's, who else is, what else is being kept from transgender people? I mean, sorry, go ahead, Joy. the only thing I could say, but then that goes back to like a people issue, is like how uh, how other individuals would relate to them in terms of the type of job they want to have. Yeah, but I don't think that's that stopping. I, I I don't see that happening. That is illegal. That's federally illegal to discriminate against people based on their you know gender or their yeah. orientation and all that stuff. You can't do that. So that's what I'm, my maybe I'm not being clear enough about it. My point being, take the gay take the bathroom thing off the table. Mm-hmm. Okay, transgender people, you you're a man, but you you are a woman in a man's body. You can use the women's room. That's totally fine. What other? What is the next? Well, okay, we got that taken care of. But what else is the next thing? What would be on the people? agenda? Right. Well, where I'm saying, if you took the the water fountain thing off the table, there's still eighty fucking things that black people do at the at the time and still continue to in a lot of ways deal with. Vi- you know, the way the police violence and all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's so many more things and again yes it's scope but i'm just saying it's not it's not even close and so that quote to me just doesn't make sense i get what they're doing well, but it doesn't make sense well so you take the water fountain thing off off the menu for for black people and there's still a whole that whole host at the same time 
they're, they're looking for acceptance in society. Right. Transgender people, okay, you can legally allow them to be in the bathroom. That doesn't mean they're socially accepted in society. That doesn't mean they're accepted by the general populace. And they're going for, they're trying to get, just educate people and become, just instead of being seen as a transgender person, just as a person. I think that's yeah, of course, but that's everybody's goal. I mean, it's, I think that's what know. the comparison is, though. It's not saying that these are the same struggles. It's saying that we're trying to become. Well, we don't have to defend. We don't know where this fucking Instagram post came from. Yeah. I think you're right generally, but I'm saying we, we, we this email and what we were talking about was specifically came from that quote. And the quote, I just disagree. You know, I just don't think that that's accurate. But segregation of any sort means that society has not accepted them as equal, and that's what it ultimately boils down to. Sure, I hear you. Um, all right. Joey, final thoughts on that? Tamiro, thank you for writing in. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate the feedback. And we've been getting a lot of comments on the SoundCloud. I don't know if you're ch- checking that out or whatever, not, but you guys I'm can dive in there you. and try. Sorry. Okay, well, so, I, I do it. But Joey, some of them are not as uh, charitable towards us. <laughs> wow. Good uh, yes, well, listen, but that's what I'm saying. You should get on there and have a conversation. People get mad at me, though, too, from last week. They were like, your white privilege is showing and whatever. I offered people to email email me. Uh, I go, what will explain to me how, but, you know. I want to ask you But then I also got some other, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag, but that's what the whole point of the show is. I I want to ask you something. You, you know sometimes how they have the clickbait or something like a title that's supposed to get your attention so you click on it like sure check your privilege this thing that thing uh-huh. how does one check their privilege like is it a coat rack where i can just like put it up and i walk away or how how I is mean, that supposed I, to work well i think it's uh i mean it's it's in a situation before you go well i don't agree with that or whatever you're gonna you know whatever yeah. the thing is you're gonna say go well how is my you know, how, how would, how does the prism through which I'm looking through this, like my white prism that I'm looking through the, you know, this situation, how is that skewing my opinion about it? Because I don't have the experience, which I get, I guess, to a certain point, right? Mm -hmm. I I understand that, but everybody has that. You know what I mean? So you could also flip it around and go, well, uh, a person of color that has a, a feeling about a certain situation they might be reading too much into it because of their prison. And, you yeah. know, it's not right or wrong. It's just, you know, but that's what it means. Check your privilege. Okay. Like the other point is white culture or like the majority party or the dominant whatever in, in society. They by nature have privilege because they're the ones that control kind of the means of production and the way the society works. works yeah. And so basically the argument is that you can't people who are in the minority cannot be privileged because you know what I mean? So they're mm-hmm. their point of view, but whatever. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but you take things uh, case by case and you, you see what the situation is. Try to be open-minded, but it also doesn't mean throw out what you believe. You can be corrected. Don't be mm-hmm. married to a point of view. Don't assume, you know, everything about a situation, which I think is probably a better way of putting it. Instead of yeah. check- Just don't assume, you know, maybe you don't know. Uh, but if you feel like, you know, all right and then if you get corrected okay then change your point of view on it you know that's the whole point and that's why a lot of the conversation that we have around like word policing and Mm -hmm. speech policing and all this stuff it at a certain point even if people are coming at it from a good place chastising people for using the wrong word or using the wrong language that shuts down the conversation and that closes people's minds off to be like ah you know what fuck it i'm not even going to get involved in that because i'm just going to get accused of being whatever right because you put them off Yeah. yeah but no, let's. That's the literally the only way we're going to do this. We have to have these conversations. And if you go, you know, actually, I prefer not 
to have that phrase or typically look, it's okay. I get what you're doing, but this group doesn't like that phrase. Then you're fine. Then you're having a conversation, but don't automatically make No, no, you can't talk here. Like, all right, well then we're never going to, we're never going to get anywhere. Don't, you have to challenge each other's opinions about things and ideas. Don't, don't take offense because someone doesn't know anything. Try to teach them, try to try to in a friendly way, teach them what they don't know. Yeah, of course. Like if you, if you just get mad at someone for not knowing, then they're not, they'll never learn. Right. I agree. And that's just, that's trying, if you want to, we don't know about like transgender issues because that's just the fort. Like that is the forefront. Nobody knows the right language there. Yeah. Um, all right. You guys ready to get into this Banksy stuff? I'm very yeah, excited about it. this. So Banksy, who's a great artist for people that don't know, I'm sure a lot of people know who Banksy is, but if you don't know who Banksy is, I highly recommend two documentaries. One Banksy. I, be- I believe it's called Banksy does New York or whatever. It's when he came to New York, he did like a residency in New York for a month and put up, you know, pieces all over the city. And in fact, there's one on 78th and Bro- uh, 79th and Broadway. We're on 78th and Broadway. 79th and Broadway, there's a Banksy there, like right there. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll show you after the show. Um, that's a great documentary. And then also Exit Through the Gift Shop, which is a great one. Um, but anyway, Banksy has built a 10-room hotel, museum, protest, and gallery right up against the Israeli-Palestinian border wall in Bethlehem along the West Bank. And I have a couple of quotes here. Uh, from Banksy, he says, it's, quote, the worst view of any hotel in the world. That's what they're bragging <laughs> nice. about. Uh, walls are hot right now, but I was into them well before Donald Trump made it cool. And he says, it's exactly 100 years since Britain took control of Palestine and started rearranging the furniture with chaotic results. I don't know why, but it felt like a good time to reflect on what happens next, when the uh, what happens when the United Kingdom makes a huge political decision without fully comprehending the consequences. I highly recommend going to banksy.co.uk and you can see it's called the Waldorf Hotel as opposed to like the Waldorf Hotel. Uh, And it's amazing. I mean, the whole thing, you can actually go stay there, which I would love to go do that. I'm not going to, but I would love to go do that. Uh, 10 rooms. There's original Banksy artwork all over the place. It's like he he built a hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Right on the, uh, in the West Bank unbelievable there's going to be different performances by different musicians that are going to go and it's really unbelievable and to me this guy is the epitome of what an artist is because i don't know if i even mentioned it on the show but he did another piece a while back called the bemusement park mm-hmm. and it was like was it the bemusement park? it was something but anyway yeah you could google it but he built a no it was dismal land that's what it was dismal land <laughs> it was a disneyland thing that he built but it was like a rundown but it was an actual place that people could go and like walk around and see the whole thing. So he's doing these very incredible, uh, elaborate living art pieces and statements. The guy's truly amazing. And, um, you know, I just wanted to put it out there, but it's the walled off hotels. So if you want to check it out, you go to his website, but it's all over. Uh, the pictures and everything are just kind of amazing of the place. Do you think we're ever going to find out who Banksy is, or you think that's going to be part of the total package? You never know. Um, you never know. You we might. There's no way to know. I mean, I think there's been some stuff out there about people that feel like they've caught him, or, or you know, they got a picture of him. But who mm-hmm. who knows? There's never been anything definitive. It's part of the mystique, definitely, that you don't know exactly who he is because it's not about him. Then it is, it's and about it isn't. The work. You know, yeah. you know. There's nothing to judge other than the name Banksy and what the work is. There's no. Um, we don't know is that Banksy is actually just a very long-term elaborate marketing ploy. Banksy is just a corporation. 
What an I mean, that would be a little bit fuck you to the art community. Just Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, actually, it's funny that I said that uh, we just said that because he's there's going to be a shop there called Walmart, but it's W A L L Mart, oh. like the border wall Mart, and you can buy paintings and different. I actually don't even know what he's going to sell there, but it, it opens on the twentieth of March. Huh. So, but yeah, fa- just fascinating, and it's like really inspiring to see somebody that cares enough about all of these things to to go out and. You know, try to do something positive with his artwork. And it's cool. And he's funny. You know, I just, I yeah. like Banksy a lot. I think, to me, probably one of the best artists that we have alive right now. For real. Like, doing real world, interesting, creative, inspiring work. Yes. Well, he's the, he's the best artist that you know of right now. I mean, you, you look at... Well, of it, course. But I'm saying, but in, in terms of, you know, there's... Of course, there's yeah. a lot of traditional artists or people that are doing paintings or sculptures or whatever, but he's doing all of that. He's doing paint, you know, and he's making a point with it. So I think it's really amazing. He's doing more live pieces that are grand, grand schemes. Like a lot of those probably artists, yeah, but he's will, painting paintings know. as well. And he's doing sculptures. There's people probably who are out there who we probably won't know about them until they're 20 years dead. Yeah. Maybe the way artwork art tends to work. Right. Live in poverty. And then, um, but anyway, yeah. So Banksy, very cool. And I'm, uh, you know, guys should check it out. I just want to bring it to everybody's attention. If we, can we do an episode from there? From the West Bank, we'd have yeah. to go to Bethlehem. I don't think we're gonna. Well, I don't think we have time. Well, no, either. It, it's in Jerusalem, just right. It's now. in Bethlehem. It's it's like well, it's right next to Bethlehem. It, it can't go into Bethlehem because then it wouldn't be. All the tourists couldn't get there, right? What do you mean? I think I think it was saying it's not actually like because you can't actually really get into the West Bank. It's looking on the Israeli side from the from the yeah. It's on the Israeli side. So um, like Israel, can't, uh, Bethlehem isn't 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 actually in Israel. Well, it's in the West Bank, not. Well, whatever. So I it's, it's in. Be- I don't know. It's in Bethlehem, but it's, it's right Bethlehem up against itself. the wall. And there's also, you know, spray paint and shit. There, he's encouraging people to spray paint on the wall and like That's put your cool. messages up. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I believe in the article it said it's technically in Israeli territory, not Palestinian territory. But in right. order in order to get there, Israelis have to go through some area they're not supposed to actually get go through. Yeah. So it's it's technically not an. It's serving it's in, point. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, look at this wall. Look at this thing that is dividing us. Right. What are the what are the Jews doing here? What are what are the consequences of our actions that we don't fully think through? Sure. As we have a president who doesn't think through any actions. Our president? Yes. He's. Uh, I disagree. No. <laughs> uh, we'll get. We'll, <laughs> we'll get, get into we're, it. We're gonna get into it. Yeah. Um, all right. ISIS Mosul. U.S.-backed Iraqi forces are closing in on the area around Mosul's Great Mosque, where ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi once proclaimed his caliphate. 3,000 of 6,000 ISIS fighters have been killed. Uh, Al-Baghdadi has abandoned the city and is now out hiding in the desert, according to U.S. and Iraqi intelligence reports. He's also abandoned operational command. Uh, ISIS Twitter activity is down 45% since 2014. It feels like... That's huge. feels like we're getting towards the end of old ISIS there. And let's be clear, not Trump's doing. Where He's going to take credit, but... It started well under Obama. We talked about it yep. repeatedly. It's been a long siege. Yeah. And, you know, to the point about ba- Baghdadi, we talked about it, like where Obama's, uh, Trump is like, we need to eradicate ISIS. They're already almost done. Get Baghdadi, and that's it. Yeah. There's only a few places he can be. He's out in the fucking desert somewhere. And he's moving all the time. His life blows. He's just moving constantly. He's changing clothes, changing locations multiple times every 24 hours. He's all over the place. This guy. How many car rides do you think he has to hop in? Like, how many times does he have to change that Uber? Yeah. <laughs> he's probably 
you know, I mean, he's on the move probably every five, you know, seven hours, hours every six yeah. hours. It's crazy. You're complaining about not having to put your exact location. They just drive by. Imagine being in a desert. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I've had some complaints about a certain <laughs> car service uh, lately. It's uh, you tell them. I want to be picked up on this corner and you move the little pin and then the drivers, God love them. They drive right by you. They go down the street. It's like, well, now we got to circle around the block and do it. Again. I just added three minutes. It's a goddamn I, I trip. The driver, the third sand dune, the third, not yeah. the fourth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, I just want to put that out there. So we'll keep our eye on it, but it seems like getting towards the end of this situation where Iraqi forces are going to take back control of Iraq from, you know, or the parts that ISIS controlled in Iraq Still got Syria, but you know Raqqa is probably the next thing. And then if you can, then you've essentially eliminated physical locations that ISIS would control. And then again, it's just an ideology. So, so then does ISIS just become like any other faction in the Syrian civil war, just an average player, not actually a major threat anymore? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they end it. Be, you know, the idea that they were going to create some kind of caliphate. That's a little. It's silly. Well, think think about that. Like, go back in time to when, uh, you know, it first came out. I think it might be the first episode of the show. We we played a clip from Bill Maher's show of Ben Affleck talking about ISIS and whatever. And he was saying, he's like, there's not enough of them to fill a minor league ballpark. And there were some conservative guys like, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. No, it's true. (laughs) They're not a force in terms of physical military strength or any of that shit. They're a little group that is out in the desert and they're pretending that they run uh, Islam. They don't. The problem is, which we're going to talk about later, it's about the mental game. It's not mm-hmm. about the physical game with this. So you, you, Trump could talk about bombing them and eradicating from the face of the earth. You have to win hearts and minds. You're not going to win this fight physically. And to an extent you will, right? Cause we're doing it now, but it's a hearts and minds battle above everything else. And why ISIS became so well known is because they're, unbelievably brutal and that was they were imposing fear they made a regime of fear once they took power yeah well and they were very good with social media they're very, very good, good with, with social uh, media. you know literally making commercials for themselves and and kind of making it seem better than it was or more dangerous than it was or whatever um so anyway but that's why it's important that the twitter usage is down 45 percent. yeah that's a big deal because if they can't be spreading their propaganda now you actually see what the reality is. And a lot of people that would go, you know, and work for or work with ISIS were tricked into it. Duh. And then they get there and it's not the situation they thought. So now you can actually see it for what the reality is. And, you know, that's where we are. I think it's good. The Yemen raid. Listen to this shit. NBC News spoke to a number of senior government officials who said they were, quote, unaware of any significant intelligence results from the Yemen raid that killed Navy SEAL Ryan Owens. The Pentagon released a video it claimed was recovered from the raid, but it was later shown by BuzzFeed to have been available since 2007. I'm confused. What are you confused by? So there's this video that's a saying is evidence that they found information, but that said video has been there since 2007. Yeah, it had nothing to do with it. Which is 10 years ago. Right, it had nothing to do with it. So it's been on the internet for 10 years. Yeah, after the tr- after the raid, yeah. the Yemen raid, this is the first major military operation that Trump has okayed. It kills a Navy SEAL. It doesn't, they say it brings in a tremendous amount of, an unbelievable amount, I think, you know, the, uh, the press baby said. It didn't bring in an unbelievable amount of intelligence. Top government officials are saying, yeah, we don't, 
we're complete there we're unaware of any if, if anything came in then the pentagon uh puts out a video being like well hey we got this great video this is important and buzzfeed goes no that was 10 years ago this is an old video Check then YouTube. they pull it down yeah it was just on youtube so you lose a 70 million dollar military aircraft which they blew up intentionally as like a diversion to get people out of there well, I think this was, is a failure it was, it's yes. a failure and you know that's what was so infuriating about watching trump honor this woman the wife uh corinne owens who 100 percent is entitled to her grief and it, you know it's sad what happened for her but he's using her as a pawn not like he's the first one to do that but it's an embarrassing thing it's a failure the mission is a failure he blames it on the generals look in the mirror bud it's your fault you're the commander-in-chief that's your thing and it's a disgrace to me. We talked about it, whatever, last week or the week before about how he went about it. Now it turns out it was really kind of all for naught because it didn't, you know, we didn't reap any intelligence information no. from it. Mm. Well, what you want to see out of a president when a military, any military exercise goes wrong is remorse. When you, when you hear like JFK's legacy and the Bay of Pigs, it, that disaster devastated him uh, mentally. It was a terrible thing. He took it as a personal... Like, he personally have failed. You want to have the president who is in charge of these thinking that he can't just send people's life, put people's lives at risk. He shows actual remorse when something when something goes wrong, and he understands the weight of his actions. And, that, like, the problem with not accepting his own responsibility in this is you see Trump and just, oh, I, I, this isn't my fault. I, I, I can... It's someone else's fault. This is Captain Never Accept Responsibility. Yeah. We, we've... I mean, we've, we've... But that's been obvious. That's been obvious from day one. Anything on the campaign that went wrong, he'd be like, "Well, I, didn't, you know, I had nothing to do with it. It's this person's fault." That, but he does not take responsibility. The, the, the office. I think it was John Meacham, who's a historian and like a well-respected, you know, political guy. Uh, he said the office magnifies your personality; it doesn't transform it. So if you go in as a guy that doesn't take responsibility and an egomaniac and somebody that's a warmonger and whatever it is, you're going to be more of that by the time uh. you get out, not less of that. It's like the one ring. It distorts your personality. Well, yeah, because you get, because it intensifies because you've surrounded yourself with people that typically agree with you. Uh, you don't get to see the outside world. You are literally, you know, in a bubble. And so that becomes very isolating at a certain point, especially when there's a power vacuum, which is what's happening in Washington right now because all the positions aren't filled and there's the CIA is against Trump and Trump is against the CIA and maybe Russia is blackmailing him somehow and he got Bannon and then he takes people out of the inner circle. It's a, it's a whole mess of shit going around, on around this guy. That, that is not a recipe for personal growth, right? Well, it's nah. something that is going to make you even more paranoid and even more irrational even less likely to take responsibility for problems because you feel like you're being attacked all the time and that's trump and we're going to get into it in a few minutes about his wiretap claims and all that stuff to me the wiretap claims that he made about obama is the most dangerous thing this guy's done since he became president for a number of reasons and we'll get into it in a minute but i mean for for me this this whole thing the scary part is there's been all this controversy controversy in washington like all this chaos this is during times of relative peace in the world. Like, oh, absolutely. What happens when a crisis hits? No question about it. And what, what happens when it's a crisis that they're going to create by not paying attention to the signs yeah. leading up to that crisis? And then who are they going to use that as an excuse to take more power? If, oh, 100%. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. That's the problem. You, you that's look exactly at, what's going to happen. You look at Bush leading into 9-11. There was plenty of evidence. Bin Laden determined to strike in U.S. How he was going to do it. People at the CIA were like, this is happening 
you're not listening to us. We would resign, but there's nobody to replace us. Okay. There was plenty there. Not yeah. paying attention to daily briefings, not paying attention to the, all the warning signs. Trump, and we know what happened. That 9-11 happened a few months later. This guy is definitely not paying attention. There's nobody at the State Department. He's gutted the State Department. There's nobody really paying attention at, uh, you know, in the intelligence. The intelligence community doesn't even trust him with information, let alone the information they put in front of him. He's not reading it. You got Pompeo at CIA, who's a, a religious extremist. Bannon is waiting for the apocalypse to happen. We are teetering. We are, I, I don't want to be that, you know, throwing shit out there but i have to believe we already know what happens when you're not paying attention when you're just ignoring the intent i don't need the briefings i'll get one a week if that i'm fine so, i get what's going on what happens what about the briefings too big what are the, fall yeah what are the briefings that we're gonna get to see months after a fucking tragedy happens we're gonna get the briefing go oh he got this one on march 3rd so he didn't read it so here's my question to you about how cynical you are. Do you believe that there is? Well, what what? I feel like I went around the point that you brought up. I was like, I'm glad you brought that up. But, I, but I, then I went around it. I mean, it was sort of just what what do they do? How do they respond? When oh oh oh! Has? And then so something happens, right? Now you're in a situation where a guy that shouldn't have been president to begin with wasn't paying attention and allowed something tragic to happen. Now we're going to give him power because we got to rally around the president, yeah. USA, USA, and we have to give this guy more power that he didn't deserve power to begin with. That's a, and that you saw after nine 11, it's a very fucking dangerous situation. But, but to test how cynical you are. Sure. Do you believe that guys like Bannon are trying by gutting the state department are trying to have that, that crisis come, come up so they can have seize power and do the very Machiavellian play there? Yeah, what possibly. You, sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, that's, that's the question that's out there. I'm not sure. I, there's, it's speculation right now, obviously. Yeah, I have no way of knowing right, that. But it is, it is speculation. Let me finish. A lot of people look... Go ahead, Joey. How does Bannon assume power? He can't. Well, he's assumed as much power as he can at this point. It's like how does... It's like how does Dick Cheney assume power? He doesn't right. technically have the role of president, but he's the puppet master with his hand so far up the yeah, president's Rumsfeld, ass. Yeah, all those guys around him, sure, it's, different advisors. You are the organization. If you have the if you have the ear of the president and the president seizes more power, then you seize more power. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's what I mean about the inner circle. And he's taking people off the National Security Council and all this shit. He's got a very small group of people around him. His it's Kushner is around him a lot. Bannon is around him a lot. Um, there's just a handful of people that he actually trusts and wants to talk to. Meanwhile, they're getting rid of career people in all these institutions. They yeah. don't want people with 40 years experience because they might actually go, yeah, this isn't about politics. We've just been here for 40 years. We need... And that's but, how things are run. Right. Like a lot of yeah, people, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, they're at, take 9-11. A lot of people go, well, Bush wanted 9-11 to happen. They, no, they, they planned it out. Th there's a difference between planning it out as, like, a conspiracy of, like, we need to knock these towers down. No, but you can go, eh, maybe we'll just, we can let some stuff go. Let's see what happens. Because you don't let an op a disaster opportunity go to waste. Disaster capitalism. That's what it is. It's the shock doctrine. People get scared, you take more power. That is the simple equation. And Bannon is a guy that already thinks that we are in an, like, an I guess I don't know the word, but like a, a civilization struggle between the East and the West and the Middle East and all this stuff, and he thinks we're there already. He's the type of guy that's willing to just go, well, it's already happening, I'll give it a little fucking push. Yeah. For sure. He, he, he thinks there has to be that conflict. It has than, to be, yes. Like he... 
uh, it's not just that we're there. It's that, oh, there's this conflict is inevitable. Yes, 100%. Which that's, I don't agree with. No, that's a crazy mentality that like, well, look, World War III is going to happen. We might as well just get there quick while we we're might as well do it now. Right, you know what I mean? That's a real fucking thing. And, and, North Korea and for the record, that's missiles. one of the things that caused World War One is the idea that, oh, the war is inevitable. Let's have it now and just get it out of yeah. the way with. No, like, World people- War Three is the last war. That's it. Period. That will be the end. What did you say? North Korea you brought up? Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. How? What's Trump? What, what are they going to do about North Korea? We're going to go to war with North Korea? They provoked North Korea. Not that North Korea needs a lot of provocation. Obviously, it's being run by a fat little psycho, but the <laughs> they put the missile defense system or whatever it is in like along the border in South Korea. China's pissed off about it. North Korea's posturing. They're shooting off missiles. They're trying to provoke everybody. And why yes. are they trying to do that? I, I Speculate all you want, but they are militarily trying to provoke a conflict that is what they're doing i think they're trying to it's trying to justify their existence in a sense because they know that who the trump administration no I'm, oh i'm saying uh north korea oh well north korea yeah i, mean, I, I was talking about okay trump, sorry yeah i got a little confused. i mean they're the same kind of petulance well that's the thing at a certain point right it's like what you know that north korea has nuclear weapons they're not capable of launching them near us yet but they might be in the future who the fuck knows but a war with south korea is going to suck us in china will be involved so that's never going to happen just because china won't let it i wouldn't say it's never going to happen china would just take out kim jong kim Kim jong-un if that happened because they want pete they don't yeah but china's more in i mean china does the same type of shit that China has a relationship with North Korea more so than South Korea does or more than we do. They have a, they have a relation because they want a communistic buffer, right. communistic as I do air quotes, yeah, yeah, yeah. buffer between them and South them and South Korea who's a, a, a close American ally. Right. But they are like I mean they recently cut off co- any imports of coal from North Korea because they're as to go along with UN sanctions just because they're so fed up with this petulant child. Right. Like the, the only thing I think they're actually afraid of is if the regime fell apart, how many people, how many North Koreans would flee into China? How many, like, it well, would but just, that, the power but, vacuum. But that's the thing. Them. To that point, that's the problem. If the United States is in, is getting involved and not only just being there as like a, an honest broker, but as somebody that is trying to stir the pot, what happens if North Korea launches an attack on a United States whatever base on South Korea? The United States gets involved. Now you're in a situation where maybe you do take out fucking Kim, Jong, uh, Kim Jong-un. I, I think if it ever escalated that far, China... China would just put an end to it very quickly. How? They, they would steamroll North Korea, I think. They you think just... that China would side with North Korea would uh, side with the United States and South Korea in that case? No, I think they steamroll North Korea and then install a new puppet. Oh, I, see. I think I think they try they that's when they finally say, "Okay, you are That's it. You, you are you're now threatening our uh, our ability to have economic pe- Right. Uh, yeah, but the, okay, so then Therefore, right. we're going to take you out and install a new puppet. So and say deal that with the say that becomes the goddamn situation. Okay, so now China's controlling North Korea. That's not good for South Korea at all. That's not good for the United States' interest in the like this is a weird rabbit hole. <laughs> no, of course, but, 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 yeah. but that's the thing, right? It is a weird rabbit hole. We could talk about it for two hours. What what are they doing? What is the end game? All the shit that Trump does, it's like they just poke shit without knowing what the consequences are. And that's what I'm talking about. It's the same shit. I don't need the briefings. Yeah, you do, motherfucker, because you don't know what's going on. Well, like that's the twi- that's the uh. Twitter Twitter presidency. A while back, I remember he tweeted something about the F-35 that made Lockheed he and Martin's stock drop drastically. Right, and that wasn't yeah. even true what he said about yeah, it. He didn't he, cut a new deal. Or he was saying like, oh, I'm going to renegotiate. It's like, no, no, he didn't. You can't yeah. do that. The contracts are actually, are, the right. contracts are there. They're signed. You And they're your buddies. They're your they're giving you money, so calm down. One more quick hit before we get to the uh, wiretap stuff, which is very 
troubling. Yeah, whatever. Jewish institution threats. In the wake of more than 120 bomb threats made across the U.S. and Canada during an uptick in anti-Semitic incidences since Election Day, all 100 U.S. senators signed a letter sent to Trump, top Trump administration law enforcement officials, urging them to do more to combat the threats. And I have quotes here from the letter to Trump administration officials. All 100, all right? How, when was the last time all 100 senators were like, yeah, okay. When they asked for a raise. <laughs> all 100 senators can't agree, that, agree what day of the week it is. Right. And I, Although I do think the only reason they got all 100 is because Jeff Sessions is attorney general now. <laughs> That's true. He'd be like, no, fuck that. <laughs> well, you're going to get 99. The Jews need to be left on their toes. Okay, <laughs> shut up, Sessions. We write to underscore the need for swift action. Should I read it as Bernie? He's in the Senate. He, he is signed on to that letter. We write to underscore the need for How swift... How about McCain? Do you... Ooh. Well, buddy. Oh, Joey challenging me. Do I have the stones? <laughs> I'll do one as McCain. I'll do this two paragraphs. I'll do one as McCain, and I'll do one as, as Bernie. I'll right. do McCain. Do me if it, yeah. We write to underscore the need for swift action with regard to the deeply troubling series of anonymous bomb threats made against Jewish community centers, Jewish day schools, synagogues, and other buildings affiliated with Jewish organizations or institutions across this country, my friends. That was good. It's okay, You're right? Practicing. Well done. Well done. I've been working on it. These threats are not isolated incidents. This is completely unacceptable and un-American. We are concerned that the number of incidents is accelerating and failure to address and deter these, th- deter, deter these threats will place innocent people at risk and threaten the financial viability of JCCs, many of which are institutions in their communities. Now, obviously, I'm reading it as <laughs> two uh, older white gentlemen, yes. but... Uh, <laughs> As a joke, but I, but you know, I want to take it seriously. The the point is, though. By the way, the letter was publicly shared by Marco Rubio, the Demo- the Republican of Florida. Gary Peters, a Democrat from Michigan. The point is, this is the thing that is actually happening. The FBI hate crimes against Muslims are also at the highest they've been since two thousand one. What is the obvious reason that there are threats, bomb threats, coming against Jewish centers? Muslim groups, Muslims in general, it's the fucking base of people that voted for Trump feel empowered to do this now. It's the indirect relationship they have with the alt-right. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. That's exactly right. Right. And you see, I'm not even sure you can call this a deal with the devil because I think this is what guys like Bannon wanted. They have such white supremacist ties in that group that I think this is what some of them want. Absolutely. I mean, like... in the past week, uh, in my hometown, the JCC got a bomb threat. Like, it's yeah, close it's, to home now. This is a real thing, absolutely. And people go, well, his son-in-law's Jewish. It doesn't matter. That's his son-in-law. <laughs> He's not looking at him as, like, the Jew. He's looking at him as, like, that's Ivanka's husband. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... A guy you, that I trust. It's not about that. I don't think if you marry into that family, your religion is that big of a no, deal No, it doesn't you. make a goddamn difference, no. Uh, and also, again, it's like, is Trump an anti-Semite? No, but they... Pay, Maybe, I don't know, but he paid a lot. They paid so much lip service and rhetoric and didn't combat any of the shit that was going on, to your point on the alt-right, on these different websites, just generally. Yeah, there's a white supremacist element to people that supported Trump, a percentage of them, and it needs to be talked down now. This is not okay, but at a certain point, you let it get too far, and that's what's happening. And well, same thing with the Muslim groups. Well, you see, yeah, no, uh, good, Joey. Sorry. No, uh, what I was going to say is... Um, it seems to me 
that by them not condoning the actions, they're legitimizing the attacks on the Jewish community and thus more condemning people, the actions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, to condemn the, the things right. that they are in turn saying it's okay. Of course. Right. And to an extent, yeah, I mean, they're not, but, but right, if you just, it's like, well, whatever, they, you know, things I, are happening. Come out and fucking say that. No, I, I think it actually, I think what they are doing is, in a sense, saying they condone it. And I think by not speaking up, Trump should be labeled an anti-Semite because eh. he has the power to stand up against this and say, I am not an anti-Semite. He's just not he a good, remain he's, silent. he's not a, well, he said something the other day they pointed to, but he hasn't chosen to like really just come out and make a, a, a real statement about it. Um, his his National Holocaust Remembrance Day me- memo n- neglected to put the Jews in there. That's Sorry, a shit, that's... man. It's like, no, but that's real. That's uh... like, put put the pieces together. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe Trump isn't an anti-Semite, but he sure is. It's like the Dave, we're, we're going to play a Dave Chappelle clip at the end. Might as well come up with a, you know, I'll mention yeah. Dave Chappelle bit where he goes, I'm not saying you're a whore, but you sure are wearing a whore's uniform. <laughs> right. You, I'm not saying you're an anti-Semite, but you sure are acting like one, or you're yeah. sort of certainly talking like one. And I don't think that it was the how Trump. I don't think Trump has always been an anti-Semite. That his goal in life was to be an anti-Semite. I think that his goal for people to stroke his ego so much has made him one, though, because now Steve Bannon is. That's a part of it, definitely. Trump will speak the language of people that want to praise him. That's yep. number one, and number two, there are paybacks for getting, uh, you know, for doing something. The the, the alt right white supremacists supported him, <laughs> so this is a little bit of like okay, yeah, okay. But here's the thing I don't understand, okay? Sure. This is a quote from uh, from Cuomo. Jewish community... For who? C- Cuomo. Cuomo? Yes. Okay. Jewish community centers across New York serve as a gathering place for children, seniors, friends, and neighbors. And any threat to them is an attack on all of us. Okay. So why do we have individuals that are attacking everybody else? Like... What he said is true. They're centers for children, seniors, friends, and neighbors. Right. Therefore, Americans. Why are individuals going out purposely and attacking these communities? They hate Jews. <laughs> so <laughs> they want to terrorize the Jews. You know what I mean? It's like they're, they're, that's what it is. Yeah, but they're your friends and your neighbors. Why would well, you want to do that? Some of that. But what he no. It's like when people go Boston strong, or we're all whatever. You know, mm-hmm. we're all. Noes, you know, it, it's whatever. Like Hashtag we're all noes. Yeah, the group he's saying like we're all Americans, we're all community, we're all yes. yeah. But there's a percentage of people apparently that are not part of that. You know what I mean? They're they don't agree. Which means that you have a, a bunch of people going out of the way, yeah, to be calling bomb threats, yes, out of their own sick and twisted principles. Yeah, and that also I think falls into the, you know, not that some of them probably are legitimate, but a lot of them are just for lack of a better word, trolling. But that's a huge tenant of the fucking alt-right and like that that kind of online troll culture where it's like, you know what would be funny? We call a bomb threat into yeah, the Jewish community. That, you know what I mean? Like that's an element of it as well. And that's obviously the fingerprints of the fucking alt-right is all over that. Well, I mean, it's <coughs> all this over tribalism that, that it's us, this us versus them mentality, our success comes has to come at someone else's loss. And at the same time, can we, instead of calling them alt-right, instead of calling them just, white, just the anti-Semites at this point, can we call them what they are of terrorists? If you're trying to oh, terrorize by it definition, is, it is you are like let's everyone should call them. You're terrorist. You are a white 
Christian terrorist. I, I agree. You're, right. Yeah. Radical Islamic. Yeah. I want to see him get up on a fucking podium and go white Christian terrorist. I'd love to hear him say it, you, but I don't think you will. They are radical. The same group. way he hung that around the Democrat. Obama won't say radical, uh, you know, radical Islamic. Yeah, he should. And you should. Exactly. You should say white Christian terror or whatever it is. Let's call Steve Bannon what he is, a white Christian terrorist. Sure. I, I'm with you on that. I agree. Right. Call it what it is. Use the words. What are you guys afraid of Christians, Trump? You can't yeah. you can't say it. Uh, that totally Bible agree. Belt. So, but anyway, but it's really a, you know, it's a real situation. There is an uptick in this anti-Semitic shit that's going on. And, you know, the administration pressure has been put on them now by the entirety of the Senate to come out and can really condemn this and, mm-hmm. and speak strongly against it. But, uh, who, you know, who knows? Who knows what the fuck's going on? We live in incredibly novel times. <laughs> There's no way, you know, but... I, that being said, I also don't want people to feel like that we're powerless. We're not powerless because we've seen these tactics before. Not this crop of people, you know, not necessarily the way they're going about it, but we've seen this before. And there's ways to combat it. And you just got to, you know, be paying attention and look for your opportunities to combat this stuff. But, you know, at a certain point, he's the fucking president of the United States. He needs to come out and say something about this. That is a real thing that is happening across the country. Like really definitively say it. Yeah. All right. You ready to get into this wiretap shit? Because this stuff really... We're almost an hour in and just getting off the quick hits. Yeah, we're on number (laughs) five of ten. Trump's Obama wiretap claims. In a preposterous series of tweets between 6.35 a.m. and 7.02 a.m. on Saturday, the sitting president made some baseless claims about his predecessor. Before I read those tweets, uh-huh. I want to write, I wrote this. This, to me, is the scariest thing he's done so far. It's wildly unfounded. And I'll tell you this, if Obama ordered Trump Tower be wiretapped, I'm done. I will not do this podcast anymore. I won't pay attention to politics anymore because I don't know anything then. Yeah, you'd be done. I, if, if that turns out, what he tweeted turns out to be true, that Obama himself was like, we're going to tap Trump, get in Trump Tower, Malia, Sasha. He had them sneak in. They wiretapped the whole thing. Uh, I will stop paying attention because that's so baseless and crazy. Anything I thought I knew about Obama would be completely false. Now, that doesn't mean that there wasn't some kind of wiretapping going on or whatever outside of Obama because of the Russian connection. There might have been a separate investigation. That's totally different. That's not what Trump is talking about. He's saying, and we're going to read his tweets in a second, but I'm just telling you, this shit is crazy. A- for the reason I just said, and B, this person is a, this, I, I read these tweets and I go, this person has a mental illness. This is a crazy, this person is actually deranged. Like there is a problem here and it's not because I disagree with his policies or whatever. This is scary to watch. Like this is like somebody having a fucking manic episode at six 30 in the morning on a Saturday. Yes. He's just freaking out. All right, all and right. he shouldn't be in charge. This guy is a kook. He really is. All There's right. something wrong with this guy. So I'm going to set you up, and then you do it as Donald Trump. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Donald Trump at 6.35 a.m. Terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. Let me ask you a goddamn question. Who, who at 6.35 a.m., walked into Trump's residence at the White House and said, Mr. President, we just found out. Because that's what he goes, terrible, just found out. 
At 6.35 a.m. on a Saturday, you just found this out? He was taking a shit, and he went to Breitbart, and there was an article. Yeah, really. Go ahead. 6.49 a.m. Is it legal for a sitting president to be, quote, wiretapping a race for president prior to an election? Turned down by court earlier. A new low, all in caps, exclamation point. This what is court? a What's he even talking about? The FISA court, I guess, is what he's talking about. Here's the problem. You wouldn't know that. It's a secret court, so there'd oh. be no way to do that. Oh, by the way, though. Wait, isn't that illegal, then? No, the FISA court is where people go to. You get there's a judge oh, there, oh, oh, oh. and you lay out your case, and they either give you the warrant, or they don't, or they don't. And in most cases, if they don't give you the warrant, you can get it eventually by narrowing the scope of what you say you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to have a specific reason. By the way, Trump as president has the power to declassify anything at any time, including government surveillance records. So if he wants to put an end to this and prove that Obama wiretapped him, he can do that himself. He can declassify the information. I don't think he knows he has that power, though. Well, I'm telling him right now. He can do it. So instead of talking about this for another fucking eight weeks, he can just do it, or we can prove that he fucking... There's nothing... It's completely baseless because it's baseless. 6.52 a.m. I'd bet a good lawyer could make a great case out of the fact that President Obama was tapping my phones in October, just prior to election. 7.02 a.m. How, uh, how low has President Obama gone to tap, tap spell wrong, T-A-P-P, my phones during the very sacred election process? This is Nixon Watergate, bad, parentheses, or sick guy. You're sick. This person is fucking sick. It's 6 a.m. And he's out there tweeting that the former president committed Nixonian crime against him. (laughs) Just found out. It's like he looked in his cereal box and he found a note. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, and he might have. He might have just got up from his three hours a night of sleep that he gets and was like, he's paranoid. This didn't happen. And it's also crazy that our fucking dumb media took the bait on all this and have been talking about this for a week plus when the conversation rightfully was like, Hey, Jeff Sessions had a weird meeting with the Russians now. It seems like there's a lot going on there. And then he, all of a sudden he goes, terrible. Obama wired. Why would he have to wiretap you? Why, why would he have to? What did he think he was going to find other than a connection to Russia, you fuck? Which would be completely valid. But Obama didn't order a wiretap. I'm telling you now. He didn't order a wiretap. Definitely not. Besides the fact that Obama, the statesman that he is, would never... Here's how I know. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe. He would never do this because if the evidence came out that he did do this during the election, it would fuck up the peaceful transition of power, and Obama would never do that. Correct. Never. Look how the guy handled himself after the election. Like a true statesman. Gentlemanly, did the right thing, welcomed Trump in, offered to help, classy, gracious as always. He would never do that because this would be the end of the democracy, essentially. If you, if this fucking dummy that we have as the president was able to prove that the former president, Tap. the last Democratic president, wiretapped Trump Tower specifically to catch Trump, like ordered himself to catch Trump doing something, that's it. We're done. And that's why I don't believe it happened. But I tell you, if it did, I'm done. I will not pay attention to this anymore because I don't care. Then everything's fucking up for, I don't know. Then nothing's real. Well, I don't know. You'll just sit around watching Rangers games, smoking weed and doing nothing else. Rangers, to, uh, <laughs> MMA, that's it. That's all I'm going to pay. I mean, I pay attention to that now, but that I will just throw all of this out. And now the non-secretary at 8.19 a.m. Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't voluntarily leaving The Apprentice. He was fired by his bad, pathetic ratings. Not by me. Set end to great show. He goes from saying at 6.35, uh-huh. between 6.35 and 8.20 a.m., he goes from, yeah, I just found out that Obama wiretapped me. He was, 
This is bad. I bet he, this is criminal. So this is worse than Watergate. At 819, he's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's, he sucked. His show's terrible. He ruined The Apprentice. <laughs> That's the mind of this person that we're dealing with. On the with. same day, on a Saturday. Well, not even on the same day, but in the same breath. It's like the same hour. It's the same thought process. During that same Breitbart shit, Joey. Yeah, it, it's yeah. really <laughs> horrifying, right? I mean, it's like so crazy that this is the guy that we have running things because it's not factual at all. It's based on nothing. It's just he made it up. And then just goes on to his next tangent about how, uh, you know, the former governor of California is, is fucking up the TV show. Also, Lunatic. Also, for the record, if that's during the same Breitbart shit, he needs to eat more fiber in his diet. That would be a two-hour shit. Yeah, really. Former <laughs> Prez... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's on the toilet just scrolling through. Yeah. <laughs> former Prez Barack Obama was, according to CNN, quote, irked, exasperated in disbelief, and, quote, rolled his eyes when <laughs> they told him about this. Like, nope. Didn't do it. Don't know. James Clapper, who's the former director of national intelligence, who is kind of a piece of shit and, you know, not uh, wittingly when the Snowden shit came out, when they go, did you like spy, oh, the whole on, NSA you thing? spy on people? No, not wittingly. See, he's garbage. But he Dick. goes, there was no such wiretap activity mounted against the president, the president elect at the time or as a candidate or against the campaign. I can deny it. <laughs> so he's saying outright, like, no, that didn't. Uh. There's that did not happen. OK. That's who we have running the country. Yes. Uh, just a loose candidate. I mean, but this is what is what kind of like emotional issues does this guy have? A lot, right? Yeah. I mean, it's so obvious. Like to me, that comes out, and you go, "Oh my god!" I mean, people are throwing out around like narcissistic personality disorder, or whatever. It yeah, is, but like, you don't even have to do. You just go, "What the fuck are we doing?" This is this is ne- you could give Ob- you Ob- on his worst day. Obama would never do this. Well, here's my question: Bush wouldn't even do this. And he was terrible. Oh, by the way, can I just tell you this? This is what? a little uh, tangent. Fucking Bush was back out selling a book or whatever, and everybody's like, ooh, that's just funny interview with him on Jimmy Kimmel. Bush ruined the world. So let's not pretend that this asshole, that now because he paints and you know can make a joke on Kimmel, he's a piece of garbage, and he ruined the country. That's an ex-president. I have no qualms about saying that. He was a terrible president. Let's not pretend he wasn't now in hindsight. He was awful. Okay, I, you, you can so laugh quite, at his interview. So, so question just understand. So he sets the bar low, right? Bush? Yeah, Bush. Yeah. So then, where was Trump then on that same? No, that I have same no idea. Stare? We're nowhere near it yet. So oh, I don't okay. know. So, so I, I would like. To, I, I still think Bush is a terrible president, but I also want to say that I used to think Clinton was a good president. I, my, I think yeah, his like his legacy was terrible. Now, yeah, no, Clinton was not like, a good I think, president either. Like. I'm, he benefited from the Microsoft wave and the tech bubble and all that but stuff. But then you get Bush, we just but knew it was pretty will, bad. So like he was, okay, I've lessened on him as thinking he was just an unwitting victim of Cheney taking over and he ne- wasn't necessarily as bad of a human being, but his presidency was shit. No, Bush is probably a nice guy if you know Bush. Yeah, I mean, he seems like actually okay guy. I think Cheney took over. But he's an example of somebody that comes into office without a... Pati- <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? I clicked. I'm sorry for clicking. Somebody commented that they loved it. I, I got mad at you last week. Because so I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, nothing. I'm like, are you so on fucking wh- Facebook? So what? You're just going to start yelling? Well, what are you time? clicking? My mouse. I have a mouse. I know, what, I, like I know physically what you're clicking, but I'm saying, what are you doing? I'm clicking. Are Don't you looking at the it. notes? Yes, I'm looking at the notes. No, you're not. You fucker. I check back and forth between What is the he looking at, Matt? I want it's the notes now- in the titles. Do you want he, me he, to read the titles? He had the, he had the notes in the titles open there. Jeez, All right. From now on, this is your job. I want you to be glancing over there. If he's ever on Facebook, I'm breaking that laptop. I'm just letting you know. Good God. I swear to God, I haven't been on Facebook once. All right. Jesus, man. <laughs> 
Well, I was going to ask you. not regulation. Thank you, Carly, for your money. Yeah, that makes All right. sense. Chris and Joey giving the listeners what they want. Some, some friendly arguments. All right, yeah. so you take Trump. Well, wait. I was I fucking was saying something, well, and now it's I have done. a question. All right. What happens when we culturally stop paying attention to Donald Trump, and he, as president, realizes it? Does he start struggling with the fact that he's not being listened to? Like, what happens? What do you mean? Like, where he's not dominating the news cycle and yes. stuff like that? He'll find a way to dominate the news cycle. That he's good. So at no that. matter what, he's just going to find a way yeah, to just say something crazy because the they keep taking the bait. I, I think he will just always focus on only the people who do pay, do pay attention to him right. and basically ignore the existence of the ones who don't. Yes. And like, I remember what I was saying. I was saying Bush is an example of somebody that comes into office without a particular ideology. And then you surround him with people who have a very strong ideology, these neocons and Rumsfeld and Cheney and all that stuff. And you see what happens. This animal comes in. He doesn't have a particular ideology either. No, he, no. In fact, he, he, it's a virtue for him. As like a CEO, he goes, I have involved very little. They come to me with the information at the end and I make a choice. That's like his philosophy about how to be a CEO and stuff. That's horrific. McKinley didn't government. have an ideology. Look what happened to him. What happened? He got shot. Oh. He got, got assassinated and we got Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, that's right. Just that saying. was good. That was good to get to. Non ideology. <laughs> presidents without an ideolo- ideology just don't tend to Are go. Are you saying it. you're going to kill? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not putting that in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking about it. Do not put that over the air. No, I'm just joking. No, I, I don't want to see Trump get killed. And I don't, you know. I, but, I, th- I think his diet will kill him before anyone else get, gets the chance, anyways. That's the other thing. At what point, if you were, you know, my dad's turning 70, same age as Trump, pretty uh-huh. much, right? If he started saying some like weird shit, I'd be like, eh, he's getting up there. Whatever. You know what oh. I mean? Like we started just like making stuff up. Be like, well, maybe he's losing it a little bit. This guy, because he's the president, we're like, no, we need to take this seriously. No, maybe he's fucking losing it. Who knows? Reagan had fucking Alzheimer's. Who knows what's wrong with this guy? Healthiest president ever. <laughs> well, with the greatest, the greatest healthcare plan of 2017 in the world of 2017. Don't jump ahead. We're gonna get to <laughs> WikiLeaks CIA documents on Tuesday. WikiLeaks published the biggest ever confidential CIA documents leak, dubbed Vault Seven. In history, 8,761 documents and files. The documents range from 2013 to 2016 and appear to be from the Center for Cyber Intelligence. I have a variety of, oh my God, I have a variety of quotes in the email. Uh, Do you guys have any thoughts about this before we get into that? I think think they can spy on me all they want, and uh, I hope they find what they're looking for. Well, to be clear, the documents do not... It's not a report that people were being spied on. These are just techniques that are possible to spy on people. It doesn't mean that it's being used domestically. It doesn't... You know, we don't know how they're being used. But the, the, what the documents so far reveal is that there are a variety, which we're going to get into, of options for spying. I mean, it's, it's the techniques and the tools. The the NSA Snowden leak was all about, okay, they're spying. This is how they're doing it. Yeah, methods. And I guess I'm... So I I sort of just let this roll off because it doesn't shock me. It's like okay, yeah, but I don't think we should let it. I get that. I think a lot I, of people have said that, but I don't think you should just let it roll off, even though you're not shocked. I'm not shocked that Trump is doing a shitty job so far, but we shouldn't just ignore it. Agreed. I I just think like I, it was always sort of in the back of my head. Okay, I know that everything you do online is out there. There always is. There is someone listening. 
And well, I, I think it's terrible. That's crazy though, but that's also a chilling effect. They might, they're not, maybe they're not listening to right now. You know what I mean? It's like that type of mentality. That's a big brother is watching. That's a 1984 thing where you see a lot of this stuff and you go, well, the, all right, I'm just going to assume that I'm always being wiretapped. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not, but that's a chilling effect. I mean, it's terrible. And yes, it is 1984. And I like, I don't, I'm not by any means when I say I let it roll off my back, saying say I'm not concerned about this. I think right. we need like sacrificing our liberties for, at, for, security we deserve neither is right it'll i think ben franklin quote yeah yeah i don't know if it, it always is attributed to ben franklin yeah. who the fuck knows <laughs> but yeah but that right yeah um two things quick first of all shout out to my man who uh a couple of weeks ago was like you're just like a trump hating liberal you're so angry i'm gonna stop listening i said all right uh and then he tweeted me again last week so i hope you're still not listening yeah, thanks <laughs> uh and uh also somebody tweeted me today Asking about, you know, does any of this stuff change my views on Assange? I don't know. I mean, why, why wouldn't I necessarily, like, wh- again, as long as the information that's coming out is real information, I don't see why it would change my v- opinion on Assange. What difference does it make? Why would your opinion on Assange change? Well, because the argument that. can be made that this hurts, obviously, this affects the way that our intelligence agencies are going to get to do business because now all this stuff is out there and it could potentially be used by a foreign actor that sees how they're doing these things oh. to try to implement some of this stuff. And also changes the way that they're going to have to go about, um, you know, going, going about their business. But I don't know, man, I'm really kind of in favor of true information being out. Well, so are you going to be able to explain to me these programs? Yeah, we're going to get into it in a little okay. bit, but I want to read some of the quotes. Come on. Well, I've seen some connections. There's some people speculating that Assange has connections to Russia, which would be a little troubling because yeah. that, then it takes the just dumping of information and makes it, okay, I'm <laughs> dumping just to get, I'm dumping with intentions rather than just dumping. I guess, but but that's you could make that argument about anything. You don't know who his sources are. Which, which he also, has connections with God knows who. He could have connections with everybody. This could be yeah. somebody in our government, and Snowden said that. Also, dumping with intention was what Trump was doing on <laughs> for two hours. That's right, when he was <laughs> reading the Breitbart stuff. The Snowden said, <coughs> this is somebody in, likely it's somebody in the intelligence agency in the United States like that would have these type of clearances. It's like they have certain markings that like you'd need to be in to be able to get this stuff. So, okay, yeah, it might be helping. It could be helping Russia. It could be helping anybody that understands the information. Uh, but it's also being put out there for a reason by somebody within our government. Well, we we know that the intelligence community possibly has a, like it's pretty well documented that the U.S. intelligence community does not like Donald Trump. So whether this hmm. is resistance to him, whether this is sure. a, a concerned citizen about what this what the government is doing, I who knows what there's no way to know. And I'm glad you brought that up. That was something else I wanted to talk about this week. Yeah, it seems like there's a big faction of people in the, the intelligence agency that does not care for Trump that they are concerned about him, right? Mm-hmm. He's, there's something going on between him and Pot. They don't trust him. They don't want to give him the information. The problem is, I feel like we're getting to a point now, especially on the left, where people are rah-rah around the intelligence agencies. I don't want the fucking intelligence agencies running the country either. That's the situation <laughs> we're getting into, right? Where it's like, uh, let Trump, the loose cannon being blackmailed by Russia, run the country, or let the spooks and ghouls at the fucking CIA... And the secret service, you know, who are not voted in. Yeah, who are just these faceless, nameless appointees, uh, you know, career people there. I don't want them running the country either. They have their role, but I don't. So we got to be careful about that, too, to just sort of 
glorify the the intelligence agencies because they they might be against Trump. It's stupid. And I have a great quote from Red State because we talked about this when Trump kind of validated Julian Assange and he was on Hannity and they love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, now they're mad at him again because this seems to be against Trump, right? It's like... Well, I mean, this the, the old adage of the enemy of the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, That's what but it. yes, but there's a reason why we don't. Uh, well, whatever. I don't know where I was going with that. But you, right, you, you have to be careful about who you, who you get in be, get in bed with. A hundred percent. Yes. And, but yeah, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you should be everyone in that boat should be happy about this leak because it takes tools out of their hands. Turn off your Samsung F8. No, yeah, we're going to get All right. We're going to need a bigger bed. CIA statement. We do not comment on the authenticity or content of purported intelligence documents. Julian Assange, the disclosures are exceptional from a a political, legal, and forensic perspective. Oh, yeah, by the way, seems like this is only 1% of what they have, they said. Wait, what? More to come. Yeah. The archive, this is from WikiLeaks. The archive appears to have been circulated among former U.S. government hackers and contractors in an unauthorized manner, one of whom has provided WikiLeaks with portions of the archive. So, wait, so that means that these strategies, strategize, stratagems, strategize, strategic, is, I think strategy is the, is out there. So, WikiLeaks reporting on it isn't that, um, that big of a deal if we, can already agree that such information is out there, and if individuals looking for such information, they could obtain it without WikiLeaks. Well, no, not necessarily, but it's saying that the, this trove of documents or mm-hmm. whatever files was being circulated amongst a select group of people within the United States. Oh, 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 right, oh, that's oh, where oh, it originated okay. from. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Uh, WikiLeaks then tweeted, like I mentioned, WikiLeaks has released less than one percent of its Vault Seven series in its Part One publication yesterday, Year Zero. Sean Spicer, the White House press baby, said the president said the president. I got to work on a Spicer, but I don't have one. The president said there's a difference between Gmail accounts and classified information. The president made that distinction a couple of weeks ago. So he's used to praise Assange, you know, when the Podesta emails are coming out and stuff about Hillary. But now this is a bridge too far because, you know, it affects him. Yeah. Well, back in the day, Hillary's an enemy. So the enemy of his enemy was was his friend. Who? Well, Assange's friend because they were, he went against Hillary. Yeah, yeah, of course. But that's what I'm saying, right? The Republicans, you know, a lot of them got on board with it. Hannity was fucking. Pro, all he did was praise uh, Assange for a couple of weeks. Okay, uh, Edward Snowden said, "Still working through the publication, but what WikiLeaks has here is genuinely a big deal. Looks authentic. If you're writing about the CIA WikiLeaks story, here's the big deal." First public evidence the U.S. government secretly paying to keep U.S. software unsafe. There's a document that shows huh. that the U.S. government paid for exploits to to keep stuff in like different phones and different systems, so open, they could access it. So they could access it, right? Wow. Oh, right. Uh, the CIA reports show the U.S. government developing vulnerabilities in U.S. products, then intentionally keeping the holes open, open, reckless beyond words. That's a zero can't think of what it's called zero day attack or something it's knowing that there's a hole there and leaving it open that's nice of intentionally so they have a back door in so that's from snowden then i have the list god man you're gonna say something it's just spite it's just causing our causing us harm so we can maybe with, you know yeah. that's the thing like let's be clear about that this is a list of programs mm-hmm. we don't know how they're being used we don't know who they're being used against that's it. But we do know but that these exist. are programs that exist. I would just make the assumption that it's being used against the American public. I, just, I would make the assumption. And, I probably would too. And anything you put online, understand anything you, you put online or doing, just have that awareness that this is happening. Yeah, but also live your life because what the yeah. fuck are you going to do about it? Exactly. You know? 
Like, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to hide. It's not like I'm, uh, maybe you do. You don't know. But I it sh- there shouldn't you shouldn't have to say that. You shouldn't be forced to hide things. No. at the point. All right. So we're gonna live in a uh, a great society for a moment. And Big Brother was there to take care of you, feed you, clothe you, make sure that you get all your Yo, necessary. That's what fucking Bernie Sanders wants. Okay. okay sure. So let's <laughs> say that does that does exist. Uh-huh. What would be the use of leaving a back door in, in a positive world where everything's a-okay? There isn't, right? Well, I mean, if you're talking about a true utopia. Yes, a true utopia, why would then you no, leave a then back there's door? No, because there's really no secrets anyway in a true utopia because everybody's kind of getting along and everybody's being taken care of. Everybody's being nurtured. Everybody gets to live to their full potential and we treat yeah. everybody well, blah, blah, blah. Well, a utopia isn't but, real. So. Yeah, no, no, but, that, I, I but that's a distinct impossibility. And also, I've talked about it, I think, on the show, the idea of like the tyranny of a utopia where there's going to always probably be people that are unhappy that there's too much happiness yeah you know what i mean there's no equilibrium there's always dissent over something and someone will always find an issue right uh, like where they where they want to use this is like they're saying things like they want uh the fbi remember tried to get apple to unlock that phone of the yeah. terrorist for yeah. him yep the but, san bernardino phone right but like the issue is okay yeah so he's a terrorist whatever but then you get the back door and starts a slippery slope of okay now this can be used against me in court things that Wait, so they have the back locked. door then. So what was the whole point of that? They were trying to get Apple to do it. Apple said no. But they have the and back door And then they anyway. were able to get in it anyway because they went through... I'm, fuck, I can't think of what the name of the company is. But I believe it's an Israeli tech company. Just just Google that. San Bernardino phone, Israeli tech company. It'll come up. But there's a, a company that like huh. is, does this. And this, our government paid for that. The oh, that's in. right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, oh, here, so let's just read this, and then I'll do the CIA, the programs. Neil Stevens, who writes for Red State, which I've been talking about. Yeah. I, I actually love going to Red State now. It makes me happy. He wrote an article, thanks, Hannity. Now your WikiLeaks buddies are attacking Trump. <laughs> 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 it makes me so happy. I really am so happy. Oh, that's great. This is a di- direct quote from the article. Now WikiLeaks is trying to undermine the Trump administration's ability to protect America from terrorist and foreign state threats. It's time Sean Hannity own his complicity in this. The ever dim-witted... <laughs> The ever dim-witted Sean Hannity is making Donald Trump's job harder, but at least he got clicks on the Assange interview, right? A more intelligent man would find pro-American ways to profit, but Hannity would rather sell out his fellow citizens to boost his ratings. Wow. Sad that he'd put his own profits over the greatness of America. Uh, it's so Jesus quick how they Christ. so quick, right? How they turn. Uh, the phone company was called. Or the, co- the Israeli company was Celebrate. Celebrate, yes. Yeah. They, but they do this. That's what they do. They they sell backdoors. Huh. A mobile, mobile forensic software. Yeah, but they find, they're essentially finding a way into the phone. All right. Uh, some exploits and hacking tools that were revealed. 24 Android weaponized exploits. 14 oh, no. iOS ones. Apple, by the way, says that they are going to, you know, they're, they're jumping right on this. To, they're they're going to fix the issues. To fix the issues. Yeah, but it, wait. How can they fix the issues if they knowingly left? That, no, but that's the not saying. No, 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 no. It's not saying that Apple knowingly left them. It, it's saying that there's someone went in, found an exploit, and took advantage of it, and now they're aware of it. They're going to go in oh. and fix it. Yeah, we talked about this at the time, right? Like Apple didn't know. Maybe they knew. Maybe they didn't. But they're saying they didn't know that there were certain exploits. And now that it's been revealed that these are exploits, they can go in and close those exploits. The problem is, we talked about it with San Bernardino. Um, the government is obligated by law if they find any of this stuff to tell the oh, companies man. and they're not doing that that's part of the situation here so is apple going to start a lawsuit at some point they should they have the money to 
I don't know. That's an interesting question. Well, we'll see. I, I, who knows? Weeping Angel is a Samsung TV exploit. And this is the one that obviously like got around, but there's a few, several more. It's basically you can remote bug record and transfer via internet to the CIA uh, covert server. It's a fake off thing. You think your TV is off, mm-hmm. but it's actually recording what you're doing and it's actually on. The way you could, if you have a Samsung TV and you turn it off, look on the back. If there's a blue light on, it's still on. Yeah, but that means you have to have a microphone. Oh, wait. Yeah, it has a microphone because it's They all on, have microphones because, because it gives out audio. Yeah. So anything Samsung, with audio. Samsung, go to channel 30. So anything that gives off audio anything can be a microphone. Anything that takes in audio. Well, yeah, but there's ways to do it. With, it's smart TVs. Yes. They have voice commands. Yeah. You see, this is You what, know when you go, hey, Google. Yeah. Hey, Alexa, whatever, your Amazon bullshit. You're talking to it. Ooh. It has a microphone. If it's connected to the internet, somebody can get your, that's reality. But, and they were doing it specifically for these Samsung TVs. But when they started smart TVs, I, like, I just thought to myself, why would I want, like, what do I ha- does it provide that I can't do on my own with a TV and a computer? And w- how long before they start spying on us? Like, how long before they oh, start yeah, of using us? Well, it's not. It's convenience, uh, though. Who, it's who didn't see this coming? Who did not see this coming? It's not. Oh, it's crazy. Us just spying on. It's going to be like somebody in a fucking boardroom that has a Samsung TV, and they're picking up what they're going to do. It's a do. lot of shit. It's any the, possible the, application for it. Well, Al Baghdadi is using it in the desert while waiting for his Uber. Right. Yes. Yeah. You cannot even get any reception. Uh, <laughs> some other programs. Brutal Kangaroo. Hilarious name. <laughs> yeah. It's malware created by the CIA to infiltrate computers that run Windows by infecting parts of the disk drive, according to WikiLeaks. Similar programs described include efforts to hide malware in JPEG and PNG image files. Not JPEGs. Which are just ubiquitous, you know. You're attacking our JPEGs, our precious JPEGs. Fine Dining appears to be a list of 24 decoy applications that CIA agents can use to manually infect a computer or collect data. While the system appears to be running a video application or looking at a slideshow presentation, the operator can simultaneously run a program to infiltrate it. Hmm. Cutthroat and Swindle are part of the CIA's multi-platform Hive malware suite that targets Windows, Linux, and Solaris operating systems and MicroTik internet routers and helps establish communication with the infected systems. Hammer Drill is described as a program that comprises Windows operating system uh, that compromises Windows operating systems by infiltrating software from CDs and DVDs and logs when disks are inserted into the machine. Oh, wow. Harpy Eagle appears to be a CIA program focused on finding ways of accessing the file systems of Apple Airport Extreme and Airport Time Capsule routers, according to one of the leaked documents. Maddening Whispers is a set of software components planted into a specific computer that allow an intelligence agency to track all communications on certain specified devices. A technique called process hollowing removes a benign process, such as Internet Explorer, and injects malware in its place. So this is like... Real advanced shit. Mm-hmm. And this is stuff they have. Now, this also raises the question or about the methods, essentially. Should the government, should our intelligence agencies be stockpiling this type of stuff? Or should they create and destroy as needed? Because obviously, if you leave a stockpile of all this crap around, Someone's somebody can access it. And we store. talked about it a while back where... Remember, it was like shadow brokers or whatever. I forget. It was a little while back. But they found a shitload of CIA or FBI. I don't remember. Programs just on a server somewhere. Yeah, they're just there. That's where they were just being housed. Maybe they shouldn't have just a collection of spying tools out. You know, They shouldn't exploits. be iClouding programs. Maybe the CIA right. should have better IT people than Hillary's emails. 
Yeah, well, that's another aspect. Glenn Greenwald's always talking about that. He's like, these people want all your fucking information. They don't. They want to take your privacy away. Meanwhile, they can't even keep their own shit secret. Yeah. So what? This is who we're trusting to do this stuff. That's the thing. Don't glorify. It's of course this serves a purpose, but don't glorify the CIA and our intelligence services just because they're against Trump or you perceive that they're against Trump. They're they're doing their own thing in a large part, and I do not want the secret parts of our government running our government. That's not good. We can't trust them either. We don't know shit about these people. What, what we want out of them when when we're they're our ally in trying to fight against Trump is we want the truth. We yeah. want. Like, we're just asking them for the truth of what they know. Which is why WikiLeaks, again, puts out true information. That's why it's a real dividing line. Uh, because day-to-day, it could be affecting your party or whatever. You you know, it's okay. We're all on the same team, and this, that team should be more information because that's how a democracy functions. Mm-hmm. Now, will WikiLeaks get, get, the, get information on Trump for the CIA at some point? That would be an interesting day. I don't know. But again, we're, we're saying it like they're getting, they get information for people. So yeah. it's no, not they like they're it soliciting them. necessarily. They get information for people. And they choose but what, what the, is. But if the intelligence community does not like Trump, will, yeah. eventually, will eventually someone. Oh yeah, will, I think we're going to see more deep? leaks. And Assange said that during the Hannity interview a while back. He was like, you know, if people really don't like Trump and Trump is this bad a guy to it's run, it's come out. Yeah, people are going to start leaking, of course. W- w- will that be the way our next deep throat comes along? Maybe. Maybe. Finally, MIT announced the Disobedience Award. MIT Media Lab Disobedience Award. We are now accepting nominations for the first ever MIT Media Lab Disobedience Award, which carries a $250,000 cash prize. Nice. No strings attached. This award will go to a person or group engaged in what we believe is an extraordinary example of disobedience for the benefit of society. What does this mean? Societies and institutions lean toward order and away from chaos. While necessary for functioning, structure can also stifle creativity, flexibility, and productive change, and ultimately society's health and sustainability. Corporations. This is true from academia. Oh, to corporations, governments, the sciences, and our local communities. With this award, we honor work that impacts society in positive ways and is consistent with a set of key principles. These principles include nonviolence, creativity, courage, and taking responsibility for one's actions. This disobedience is not limited to specific disciplines. Examples include scientific research, civil rights, freedom of speech, human rights, and the freedom to innovate. I love this. And this is like, Hey, whistleblowers and people that feel like you need to do something moral, even if it's you have an raw, do it. This is just so MIT, and I absolutely love it. I love it too, man. This is great. You, you know there's going to be some great hacking at some point. There's going to be someone doing something. Absolutely. Lily Chin won the college tournament. I might be behind on Jeopardy, but uh, I just watched the college tournament. Lily Chin, MIT. I did not know that was a... <laughs> she won. You don't think uh, you might have that fight cloud scenario, do you? Excuse me? The Fight Club scenario? What scenario is that? Well, where you wipe everybody's bank accounts. Oh, I think no, I don't think that's what they're talking about, but that's not good. That's not for the you know the common purpose. I thought you were asking if he was going to fight someone who was on, slip, on College Yeah, Jeopardy. me and Lily Chin. We're going like, to fight. No. <laughs> that's what I was hoping no, for. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Anyway, I'm very excited about this one. We got... All right. So here's what we got. Wow. Okay. I, I, we actually do have a little bit more to cover here. It's okay. We have Trump Care. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Then I'm going to play the uh, day, the revised Trump travel ban stuff. We've got to talk about that quickly. Yeah. Chappelle at the town council meeting and then a quick Trump odds and ends. All right. Do we want to take a quick, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. 
take a quick break. I'm going to catch my breath about an hour and a half in. I think it's been a good episode so Great far. Episode. I'm going to have a little bit of my Polar Seltzer, uh, Late Harvest, and uh, Berries. You had that and, one a lot. Well, it's a part of the winter like special flavor, so I had a, a variety pack. But yeah, I have a few of them. Take a quick break. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk about Trump Care, the greatest healthcare in the world. All right, we're back from our little break. Joey uh, got cold, put his jacket on. It looks nice. I like your jacket. Your oh, crystal you. doesn't keep you warm, I noticed. But oh wow, uh, <laughs> Matt, you good? Yep. All right, it's got a little water. Yeah, let's get into the Trump Care situation. On Monday, House Republicans, led by Speaker Paul Ryan, the Republican from Wisconsin, unveiled their ACA repeal and replace plan, the American Healthcare Act. CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, has yet to score the bill, but I have some details in the emails, and so far, it's been mostly negative reaction on both sides. I have some quotes there as well. What do we want to do first? Do we want to see some of the quotes, or do we want to talk about the actual points that are taking place in the Trump Care American Healthcare bill? Let's take care of some of the points. Okay. It immediately... Rep- now, we're just going to run through these. I don't yeah. want to, like... Because Matt, we were talking about it during the break. He, you know, I was like, we'll do Trump care next. And he was like, yeah, it's not going to pass. Right. But let's just run through these points and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see where we go. It immediately repeals the individual mandate, which requires all adults to purchase health insurance and does away with the shared responsibility payment, which is the penalty you pay come tax time for not purchasing health, health insurance. That penalty is $695 or 2.5% of your modified adjusted gross income. So there is no penalty per se, Uh for not purchasing healthcare. It's a difference between this and Obamacare, Uh the Affordable Care Act. Advanced, uh, it eliminates the employer mandate. Right now under Obamacare, 50 plus employees, if you have 50 plus employees, uh, you have to cover them. And, or you have to subsidize anything over 9.7% of their income spent on premiums. That does away with that. So now Uh you don't have to provide healthcare, which is, okay. Advanced premium tax credit will be gone by 2020. The advanced premium tax credit is for individuals and families earning between 100 and 400% of the federal poverty line. They are currently eligible for that tax credit. That will go away by 2020. Medicaid expansion ends in 2022. Essentially, it just raised the federal poverty threshold to 138% to include more people in Medicaid. That's a massive fuck up. People like that. I was on the Medicaid expansion for a while, mm-hmm. and it was good. I was covered. I could go to the doctor if I wanted. They're doing away with that by 2020, which is dumb. We should be going more in that direction. Medicaid, Medicare yeah. expansion. That's med- health care for all. But that goes towards universal health care, which is the Republican Antichrist. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. But Iron- they up- Ironically, the more Christian way to go. But <laughs> Yes. They, yeah, uh, it is. I love that you brought up that point. Yes. There's also some like bitter pills for Republicans to swallow in here, but all right. Uh, older people can be charged a five to one ratio more than younger people. It's currently three to one. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago where they tried to go. They were like, well, we're rounding down. (laughs) So, okay. Uh, where they made it like 3.5 something percent. Okay. Now it's, it's actually going to be five to one. So older people are going to be charged five to one can be charged five to one more than younger people, which, okay. I mean, I guess they are using more of the resources, older people, but they have less money. So it seems kind of fucked up to be charging them more for stuff that they're definitely going to need. But uh-huh. because younger people are, have to be in the system, that's where you make up that extra money. Right. 
age-based, this is stupid, age-based, not income-based tax credits. Which then subsidizes what the prices that you intentionally raise. <laughs> Correct. Oh. $2,000 for people in their 20s. Meanwhile, the... Okay, two thousand dollars for people in their twenties, twenty five hundred for people in their thirties, three thousand for people in their forties, thirty five hundred for people in their fifties, four thousand for people in their sixties, and then they go on Medicare, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. However, there are income based credits as well. If you make seventy five thousand or one hundred fifty thousand as a couple, you're eligible for full credits. So I, I don't know how they're going to work that, but I think it doesn't make any sense to make. It's the, just not going to pass. I don't think it makes sense to make the tax credits based on age rather than income. Because if you make a billion dollars and you're 80, you're fine, probably yeah. physically, as opposed to somebody who's 80 years old and makes no money. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't there's know. There's a lot of people who are of that age group that have more money because they've worked their entire life. Sure. And, I mean, my parents are getting up, the, up there in years and they certainly don't need this. They don't want this. They right. would rather, but that's... Okay, but that's that's classic republicanism. You don't need this or want this, but okay. we're going to give it to you. But it's, it's a tax cut for the rich. It, like, that's just, yes. okay, you're getting an extra little tax break here. Of course. Health savings account contribu- contribution limits will nearly double. All right. Insurers would be authorized to... Go ahead. That actually is more... like That's the way they try to say, oh, see, we're making it so you can put more money towards your health care. But that's only for the people who, that's a way for people who have the money to save. Of them. course. Yeah. And, you, and you're just paying more for your own health care. That's right. a tax break for the rich. Yeah. That doesn't actually affect the poor. Right. And it's a tax it, break for the rich because stuff that you put into that health savings account is like not tax exempt, but there's a lot of different like deductions you can take and whatever. It's, you know. And I'm not an accountant. I can't tell you exactly. I don't how know exactly it, either. But, but they use that to say, see, we're doing something with health care to take money away from the people who actually need it and give it to the rich. Well, of course, because health insurance companies don't make money by covering people that actually need their health care. That's the whole game. No. You know what I mean? Mm. And, the, the, and that's why it, that's what the point of a single payer is that you health care is a system that is set up is designed so that it is in the best interest of private companies to deprive people of services. Of course. Whenever that is the case, I believe the government should get involved. It's in the best interest of for, for infrastructure. The government needs to be involved. Prisons are like another huge one of the huge ones. OK, you're going to screw people over to make a, make a buck. Have the government do that. That's where the government should be involved. Right. Well, in the in the case of healthcare, the less sick people that are in the pool, the less the health insurance companies pay out, and the more they make. That's just how it works. If you're covering people that you don't have to insure, like actually cover because they're not getting sick, you're making more money. Mm-hmm. Obamacare definitely was the wrong way to go, but it was a start at least. It was too much in the pocket of the health insurance companies to just put a middleman essentially, but it forced them to cover people that needed coverage. But let's not forget that this Ob- does not do that. Obamacare was a Republican plan. Oh, it was Mitt Romney's plan. Yeah. It was, yes, it was Mitt Romney in, this, in my home state of Massachusetts. Right. I and mean, Gingrich, right? Didn't Gingrich have something to do with like back in the day? Wasn't it like sort of a proposal on his part? I don't remember exactly. Possi- but, I, I, yeah. Possibly. But it's it makes a lot of money for health for health insurance. Everyone has to be on health insurance. Yeah. I w- really wish we would just get a, get rid of health insurance company. Again, there's certain things that do single not need a profit payer. margin. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, single payer. <laughs> It is unacceptable. Insurers <laughs> will be authorized to increase the premiums charged to a consumer. Now listen to this. So I said they did away with the the penalty, uh-huh. $695 or 2.5% of your adjusted income, whatever. Insurers, the health insurance companies, would be authorized to increase the premiums charged to a consumer who didn't have insurance in the previous year by 30% until they've had health insurance for one full year Upon which the surcharge would be removed. So instead of tax, instead of the government essentially giving a tax, 
the now health insurance company the health insurance just gets to t- <laughs> just yeah. to make you pay a fee to get insurance. Also, the premium. So they say the premium surcharge is designed to encourage ongoing coverage because if you keep your coverage, you're not paying that. If you have it for longer than a year, you're not paying that thirty percent surcharge. This essentially, I wrote, gives a bonus to health insurance companies. The penalty gets paid to them, not the government. Also, you're kind of encouraging people to not have insurance, and then when they get catastrophically sick, pay a thirty percent fee, and they can get insurance. So now you're just encouraging people to wait until they're super sick to buy the insurance. To buy the insurance, which is so dumb. That's the opposite of how you bring costs down. But do they get rid of pre-existing conditions in the? No, they've kept. No, they have. They, that's something they left in. So you can have a pre-existing condition, and you're still gonna have to get covered. <laughs> so it's like it's so stupid. But but at the end of the day, it makes it so it's not taxed. It's Corporate profits are boosted, right. which is not going to go to boost the economy. It's going to go into their pockets. Right. So it gives them a 30% kick if somebody needs insurance. They didn't have mm-hmm. it. Go, okay, I need insurance now because my arm fucking fell off yesterday. I need insurance. Okay. They can't deny you. You pay a 30% so premium, that- but now you're very sick. <laughs> so now you're jumping into the pool. So that's going to raise prices on everybody else that was already in the system. It's nonsensical. Wait, so then, so with this plan, I can not have insurance. Something happens. Right. And then I can pick whatever insurance I want, but there's going to be a 30% surcharge. Correct. Which I'll be pretty, pretty expensive. Maybe, but at that point, it's worth having it because it's going to be more expensive to pay. Say you get lung cancer. You, oh, I don't have insurance. I got lung cancer. Now you're like, you might die, whatever. You have a $100,000 hospital bill. Pay the $4,000, you know, whatever it is, the 30% premium yeah, to get the insurance because now at least the insurance is going to cover you. Yeah, but that is going to raise the prices on everybody else because you're just encouraging people to be to wait to the last minute. To wait to the last minute, right? And at the end of the day, this takes money away from the tax base that would go to helping society and help going back to you. Instead, it puts it just lot. It goes to the bonuses of health insurance of yeah. health insurance executives. Well, it so, also enshrines emergency care as opposed to preventative care, which is what. Yeah, which I was going to say because now you have everybody who doesn't have the insurance now don't go to the doctors for ten years, right? Because I don't have whatever I you know. I'm not going to pay now, but I'll if I get later. sick, I can get it. You mm-hmm. know, I'll just pay a little more. The prescription drug tax will be removed. It was expected to generate $27 billion for the program over a 10-year period, and it's saying that name drugs, name brand drugs could uh, bring expenses down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the Obama administration, and through Obamacare, put a small tax on name brand drugs yes. that would raise billions of dollars for the program to keep it sustainable, but they've done away with it. $27 billion over 10 years? That's, a tiny, that's barely anything. Yeah, but two, a couple of billion a year, it's better I mean, than not. In, but right? on a government scale, that's really not that much. So it's like well, people are still so upset about it because the tax. Oh, of course, right. The 10 essential minimum benefits clause stays. Republicans hate this. Plans have to cover things like birth control, breastfeeding, kids' dental coverage, et cetera. So, Joey, say you got you got insurance. Your plan has to have breastfeeding coverage or nice. kids' dental, even though you don't have kids or whatever. Republicans fucking hate that. Oh, guess what? They left it in establishes the patient and state stability fund. It's $100 billion between 2018 and 2026 to all 50 states, 15 billion in 2018 and 2019, 10 billion in each year thereafter to create risk pools to subsidize the sickest and costliest patients, as well as to stabilize premiums in the individual markets. That's just Obamacare. (laughs) That's literally all Obamacare was. It was creating pools of people. The idea being we get younger people in who are not sick, who will help subsidize older people who do get sick. That was the whole point, and that's the whole idea of fucking national health care, health care for everybody, you know, Medicaid. That's the whole point. 
We're all going to use it eventually, just not right now. But okay, you're subsidizing for them later as they're subsidizing. You're subsidizing for them now and somebody will subsidize for you later. That's the whole point. They've put a thing in place, essentially. So just little Obamacare exchanges throughout. This is such a dumb rush plan. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. It changes things, but not necessarily. It's not, you know, what they promised they were going to do. Meanwhile, Trump says this has to cover everybody. That was his whole thing. Right? This isn't covering everybody. Everybody gets coverage. No, it, it does, potentially. But do, it doesn't it, do it in a way that makes any sense. It only covers you if you have the money to be covered, which was what Obamacare tried to address. Right. I mean, if you're rich, you can get coverage. That's always been the case in America. Sure. A stab, uh, I already wrote, read that. The Cadillac tax remains. Republicans hate this. <laughs> it opposes a 40% excise tax on employers that offer high deductible plans. Fully implemented by 2025, though, and supposed in 2020, like under the Affordable Care Act. But it leaves that in. So huh. if they, if, if you're, insur- you're uh, a business that's providing a very high-end plan, you're paying an extra 40% tax on it. And obviously Republicans would be against that because it's a tax, but there it is. So they basically wrote it for their CEO friends to just make an extra buck. They wrote it. The health insurance company wrote this. What do you think? They just took A... Trump the other day was like, it's a lot, who knew? It's a lot harder to do this than, you know, it's much more complicated. Everybody knew, fuck nut. Don't you remember? <laughs> that's why it? it hasn't been done yet. Yeah, that's why it was almost impossible and Obama got it done. And it's not perfect. <laughs> and there's a but huge got industry behind it. Right. It's very difficult. Yeah. We would have had a better system if it wasn't for Ted Kennedy's unfortunate death. Yeah, that is, I mean, I mean, potentially, you're right. We lost a 60, 60th vote in the Senate, and we could have had a universal universal health care if you didn't Yeah, die. which, I, again, I don't really understand what the obsession is with, like, let's get rid of health. We can do away, I believe, with health insurance companies. They don't need to exist. Because their only goal is to not cover you. That's how they make money. That's the plan. Get rid of it. Everybody else in this country, you slide out, you're covered. But That's it. You have insurance, and we're all paying for it. And you know what the cost of it is? Whatever it costs. <laughs> That's it. But some people have a fundamental belief that government is inherently not good. Yeah, but the government's not running. That's all it is. Does Medicaid work? Yes. Does Medicare work? Yes. Is it as efficient as possible? No. But that's that's a separate argument, right? And is capitalism as efficient as possible? No. Of course. Is this efficient? Does it seem efficient to you? No. Does paying a middleman for an essential service that if you don't have hurts society? Right. Right, and the longer you wait to get that service, the worse you're hurting society. Right. Like it is for the betterment of society to have universal health care. Obviously, only, is only for the benefit of the rich to not, to not have it. Like that is right. It, it just it literally doesn't make any sense. We're the only industrial country that doesn't do this. And you can make the argument that the argument that it is for the benefit of the rich because a stronger middle middle and lower class would get, boost their a healthier in middle ways. class and everything. Right. They're not taking sick days. People are more productive at work. Like, mm-hmm. but, but of I, course. But I can see it right now if we ever tried to go to single payer. Then we'll have all the Republicans saying, oh, look at the destroying jobs in the health insurance industry. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. Well, they can go, them and the coal miners can go drive drones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. I was going to say something. Oh, the press baby. He was given yeah. a, a question about it. He had, I didn't bring the video because it doesn't matter, but he had the Affordable Care Act, which is like, you know, a oh, stack and he of was paper. pointing out. Yeah, I've goes, seen that on YouTube. This is government. This, hey, Asshole, I hope somebody picks up all those stacks of paper and just fucking paper cuts your face until you die. <laughs> I cannot stomach that guy. What a loser. What a loser Sean Spicer is. And you don't have an impression of him yet. No, I got to work on it. It's just sort of like a shrill, like, I'm an asshole. This is what an asshole sounds like. That's just what he sounds I'll work on it. David McIntosh, the Club for Growth president. This is a very conservative group. 
If this warmed over substitute for government run healthcare remains unchanged, the club for growth will vote will uh will key vote against it. Okay. Freedom Works. Obamacare Light. <laughs> Senator Roy Blunt, Republican from Missouri. I'm gonna have to be very I'm gonna be very anxious to hear how we get to fifty one votes and how the House gets to two eighteen. They're not going to. James Madara, the American Medical Association chief executive. The AMA says, while we agree that there are problems with the Affordable Care Act that must be addressed, we cannot support the American Health Care Act as drafted because of the expected decline in health insurance coverage and the potential harm it would cause to vulnerable patient populations. Medicaid expansion has proven highly successful in providing coverage for lower income individuals. We believe credits inversely related to income rather than age, as proposed in the committee's legislation, not only result in greater numbers of people insured, but are a more efficient use of taxpayer resources. So this thing has just pretty much been shelled immediately from everybody on both sides because they haven't really thought about it. And Paul Ryan guarantees that they're going to vote on it within five weeks and get it passed. I don't think so. I mean, not this, not this way. Several weeks ago, I saw a quote from uh, John Boehner saying, like he, with all his insight in Congress, like they're not actually going to repeal this ever. No, of course the, not. And I firmly, be- at this point, I firmly believe it. There's no way. I know there's for already four re- Republican senators who have written a letter to the leadership saying we cannot possibly vote for this because it, uh, it's going to repeal the Medicaid expansion. That was right. I know it was Murkowski, probably Collins. Right? Uh, no, Col- Susan Collins was not in it. Actually. Really, I'm surprised. So it was four. It was four, not including Collins, who were oh, saying so they could then, not possibly vote for this. <laughs> right. So that's and even then, worse for them. Yeah. Like they're saying that they will not repeal repeal the Medicaid expansion. Yeah. So that's dead on arrival. Right. Um, and then there's other factions of the Republican Party that's like no. Yeah, oh, Cruz, we, we don't is, want this. Cruz is against it. Mike Lee is against it. These guys say this. this th- Rand Paul. Right now, I think this might get Paul Ryan's vote in, this, in, Cong- <laughs> in, in Congress, and that's about it. Right. It's a real embarrassing rollout of it. I mean, they and it's it's so telling. And here's the thing, man. I talk about it all the time. Both sides are are you know owned by corporations and special interests and moneyed interests. These guys had eight years, and they haven't done to one think about thing. this. This is the thing that they've been talking about incessantly. That we gotta get rid of it. Blah 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 blah. You couldn't have written a better. You couldn't have come up with anything. This is what you no, came out with. This is the best they could do. This is literally the best they could do. They had eight years to think about this, and they were like, "Yeah, I don't know. The, uh, we will do this. I guess." <laughs> it's because <laughs> do some tax credit. I don't know. It's because the entire time it hasn't been about replacing is uh, replacing it they just want it, want it gone they don't actually want to replace it but they i don't think they do want it gone that's the thing they just like needed something to talk about they needed an issue this is the issue they chose they don't know what they're doing though but if we if they start to give health care to the people who need it the most or if it's democrats start to give health care to people then all of a sudden people who are voting for them against their interests will realize oh wait this doesn't actually ha- this Maybe, they're, they're but the they, they don't know the difference that, between the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare. There yeah, is no well, difference. Well, that's, the, that's why there's a propaganda campaign, campaign against it for so long. They can't right. let the other party be the one to give them health care. They can't sure. Let, they, yeah, absolutely. They can't let, make it seem like the other guys are doing good for them. Right. That, well, they're that's not. That's what this is about. <laughs> this isn't about actually doing something good for society. No, and it's about who owns this party, who, yeah. who, you know, who, who needs something done. It's not. They don't care about the idiot in Kansas that doesn't have insurance. What, what they didn't like about Obamacare is it made them, look, made them look stupid. It made them look like the ones who weren't doing things. Kind of, and it also, look, the Supreme Court enshrined it into law. It's, it's like, it's going to be very difficult to undo. They can fuck it up a little bit, but it's not doing away with the basis of it. And... You're just on a road to single payer eventually. That's it. Well, what I was going to ask you, if you if you actually end up 
like repealing large portions of it, does this fire up the left base to say, okay, now we're going to really get out in the next few years and get a single payer system? It has to. I mean, it and, has to be a priority. Well, and then, for sure. And I mean, if, and that'd be the Republican nightmare, which is hilarious. Right. But then if you end up with a single payer, that can pretty much never get repealed because then the insurance companies die out and then. Right. What are you going to like? Yeah, you can let the insurance company. That's right. You're just going to lessen them. And, you know, rich people, you want to pay for private insurance, go for it. But you haven't, you're covered. We're covered. It, it's the only thing that makes any sense. It doesn't make sense to me that it doesn't make sense to people. The only thing I wonder about that is if you did get rid of the insurance companies, how much money and how many jobs are we actually talking about? Because it might just be know. better to, as we said in the past, just you know pay them severance or whatever just yeah, for well, the benefit of the... You're not going to do that, but they'll exist in some form. Yeah, It'll be for a certain percentage of people, but it won't. But the vast majority of people will just be satisfied with the proper care they're getting. Yeah. If you want surplus surplus money to right. get plastic surgeries or whatever cosmetic then things you need, then sure, go, for go through right. insurance companies. Yep. But don't make society depend on a middleman. No. I, I could not say more clearly than that. Absolutely. Revised Trump travel ban. On Monday... President Donald Trump signed a revi uh, revised executive order to reinstate the travel ban, which revokes the January 27th version, which, as we remember, was an absolute natural disaster. March 15th, there is a court date set by a federal judge in Hawaii to challenge the new ban. It's supposed to go into effect on the 16th, so we'll see if there's a stay on that and, you know, we'll see where it goes. It removes the new ban, removes Iraq from the list of seven banned countries. Iran, Somalia, Sudan, Yemen, Syria, and Libya still remain. And it takes 10 days to be fully implemented as opposed to immediately, which was an absolute mm. clusterfuck last time. Um, also, Rachel Maddow first reported exclusively on a leaked Department, Homeland, Department of Homeland Security report that undermines the entire pretense for the ban in the first place. And I'm going to read... Two quotes from that leaked DHS report. The report is most foreign-born U.S.-based violent extremists radicalized after entering homeland. Opportunities for tailored CVE programs do exist. This is from the report. This is exclusively reported by Maddow, and it's great work. Again, somebody within the Department of Homeland Security was like, uh, somebody in TV needs this. <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to get this information out there. We assess that most foreign-born U.S.-based violent extremists likely radicalized several years after their entry to the United States, limiting the ability of screening and vetting officials to prevent their entry because of national security concerns. Hmm. What does that specifically mean? You can't tell if somebody's going to be radicalized before they came in. Most of the shit that takes place happens after they're here. Guess where the problem is? Here. Yeah, it means like seven years after they've been here. Yeah, whatever. They get pissed off or disenfranchised or something. Of course. And there's no way... To really tell, based on the Department of Homeland Security, whether that's going to be the case before they come in or not. Wait, wait. So, so are you trying to tell me that the role of government should try to be making the citizens here happy? Is that what you're trying? Like, we should try to I mean, make I'm people not, not radicalized. I'm by not saying them happy? that. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Uh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't demonize certain groups of people within the United States because then they feel isolated. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we should stop just going and having wars in entire regions just because and travel bans that are against religions because we're just they're not us maybe we should right. be happy here maybe i don't know i don't know uh, i'm not saying that but, I, but okay 
Uh, you, you don't want to go into such crazy ideologies. No, 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 I don't want to say something so extreme. Foreign-born U.S.-based individuals who were inspired by a foreign terrorist organization to participate in terrorism-related activity were citizens of 26 different countries, with no one country representing more than 13% of foreign-born total. Country of citizenship is unlikely to be a reliable indicator of potential terrorist activity. So hmm. Trump is banning people from six, formerly seven, Middle Eastern countries. Under the idea that we have to have extreme vetting to prevent terrorism, yet a leaked Department of Homeland Security report, the organization tasked, is that report from doing tasked with paying attention to this stuff, says people come from all over the place uh -huh. and get radicalized after they're here. Yeah. So none of what you're doing is going to prevent anything. anything. It's a ruse. It's nonsense. It's not designed to do what you're saying it's designed to do. You fuck you fuck, you fuck. That's what's happening. The reports from this year, or you know, the last year or two, at least. Shit, really? Recently, like it's last a, week. Yeah. It's a current report. It's right. Still valid. It's a current valid report. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's great. But this is the idiocy that we're dealing with. It's just he is fulfilling campaign promises to the dumbest people in this country, who don't know what. The, yeah, who don't know what's going on. Well, who are simply not paying attention. Or he's or the people who want Muslims out of here because they're xenophobic assholes. Yeah, or detention centers or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. the white that's the alt right white supremacist Christian terrorist uh, part of the party that they're pandering yeah. to in the, with mm -hmm. that. Right. Dave Chappelle at a town hall meeting. Joey, do you have backstory on this before I play the clip? I wanted to play this clip because I love Dave Chappelle. I think it's very cool. To just see him at like a local yeah. government meeting, and he he does it. It's funny to even like he's such a great public speaker, obviously because he's one of the greatest yes. comics of all time. It's just a cool video. We'll watch. It's like two minutes. But Joe, give me the back. All right. So from what I understand, he was trying to celebrate New Year's Eve yeah. with his family in his hometown. Where is that? It's not uh, his hometown, but it's a town that he lives in now. Yeah. Iowa? I guess that makes it his hometown. Iowa. I don't know. I asked you to do the research on I it. it was Ohio. Oh, it's oh, Ohio. It's yeah. Ohio. Okay. Ohio, and apparently the the crowd got a little frisky because they were drunk, and the police got involved. And apparently he was trying to make a point that the community, I guess, would have felt better if the cops came from... Policing their own community. Yes. The police chief, yeah, they apparently used tasers on people when it didn't seem necessary, and there was a bigger story, which I, I missed, I guess, but... Uh, it's just interesting that he got involved and I, mm -hmm. I, I like what he had to say. So let's just listen to what Dave Chappelle has to say. And then we will get on to our Trump odds and ends and we'll wrap up the program. Sound good? Well, it's going to be a little shorter than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be nah, six the hours. Nah, this is going to be, we'll, we'll get there. Well, it's not going to be six hours. But well, yeah. I thought it was going to be longer than last week. We though. can stretch it out. Two things. Well, one is a comment and one is actually a question. One, I, I got to be honest, me personally, the police have been actually sensitive to my situation, I, I know on at least two occasions. Meanwhile, this is a gym. <laughs> yeah, he's just like in a gym with like eighty people, maybe fifty people, whatever the town council. And he's at like an actual yeah, town, it's a town council. council. That's yeah. what a town council. I love looks this like. guy. Yeah, but take note. Were they uh, were they protected? My my own well being, my personal well being, unsolicited from me. Uh, so I appreciate that. Huge gaffe New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, New York Times and everything, and I think that you made the point of the night, given the national narrative and given what the culture of our town is like, 
that the council has a tremendous opportunity to be like a leader in progressive law enforcement. One of the reasons that we were on the front page of the New York Times is because their travel editor is a, is a woman that I went to school with here in Yellow Springs. At that time, we all knew Officer Grody because his sister was my music teacher. We all knew Officer Banner's children. We all knew Officer Nipper's children. And now we are being policed by what feels like an alien force. It's very, this is an important point he's making. And I think this is applicable all so over the communities place. In and in so many absolutely. And this was part of the 10 point plan that Black Lives Matter put out, which I feel like we don't hear much about Black Lives Matter now. Uh, you know, and you can take the people that are protesting and different things kind of out of the equation. There was an actual structural Black Lives Matter group that put out a 10 point plan on how to correct the mm-hmm. violence between police and, and minority communities. That's one of them. That's a big deal. And that makes perfect sense. We all knew Officer Banner's children. We all knew Officer Nipper's children. And now we are being policed by what feels like an alien force. Huge gaff on New Year's Eve. I saw it all go down. I was there with my children, and I was there with my friends and neighbors. In all fairness, the crowd was drunk because it was New Year's Eve. And I left early because nobody felt completely right. So I am trying to be balanced and fair. But what I did want to know is what is this pool of law enforcement that you can pull a chief out of that is special enough to police this town, which is wildly unique. So I would I would beseech the council to look deeply and to look hard because I mean we got I mean this is a golden opportunity. Literally you could kill the game. In this Trump era, this is an opportunity to show everybody that local politics reign supreme. We can make our corner of the world outstanding. So I'm just begging you to find a candidate that matches the culture of this town. Which is which is incredibly unique, which is renowned for being incredibly unique. That's all I want to say. Thank you, David. <laughs> and then he pulled back, and it's just a gym. Yeah, <laughs> he I, I, just great. You know, it's like I love Dave Chappelle, and that was a great. He's making the, exactly the right point. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, it's also amazing to watch a. Um, such a great public speaker publicly speak. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not for any his own purpose. He's, he's there as part of the community. It's pretty cool. It's good stuff. Great stuff. Trump odds and ends, and then we're gonna whatever skedaddle. <laughs> uh, the Trump administration is now soliciting bids to build the wall fence Americans taxpayers are paying for along the U.S. Mexico border. Part of it is they need it to be quote nominally thirty feet tall. Hmm. And quote, aesthetics are going to be a big part of this thing. No specific bidding specifications have been provided yet, but they're like, we're going to build it beautiful. It's got to be 30 feet high. And those are the two things that they're putting out there. Now, it's going to be a big, beautiful wall, BBW. Wall fence. Let's call it a big a wall fence. Wall fence. It's kind of a wall fence. Uh, oh, yeah, it is a BBW. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping, what do you want to come with that? Just like- <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Nothing? Um, 500 companies have expressed interest so far. Tudor Perini Corp. Fuhrer Corp? F-U-O-R. Is that Fuhrer Corp? <laughs> How do you pronounce that? Uh, KBR Incorporated, Kellogg, Brown, and Root, which is a former Halliburton subsidiary. Hmm. Dick Cheney. 11% of the people that, like companies, are Latino-owned, you fuckers. <laughs> How dare you? The They're going to outsource are, themselves. The Mexicans are going to get paid for the wall. Yeah, exa- well, absolutely. Uh, also... 
Private security contractors are involved in the 500 companies. Now, New Orleans after Katrina was rebuilt by private security companies. Iraq has been built by private security companies, including Halliburton and different things like that. They typically raise the price by 25%. So they'll jack the price up. Oh, that's great for the taxpayers. Well, exactly. Well, Mexico's going to pay for... Oh, no. I don't want to play this game. We're fucking paying for this. Yeah, we're going to pay for the war. Twice, because he's going to take out taxpayer money, then he's going to get it back by by putting a tax on Mexican imports. Yeah, well, okay. Well, anyway, if this fucking wall even gets built, we talked about it. But it's like, it's got to be beautiful. It's got to be big. Those are the two prerequisites. Melania. Joey. Yes. I gave you some homework. What is that homework? The homework was... Hold on. Get well, I'll say it's a possible immigration plan. Part of the plan. Trump plans on separating moms and kids at the border when they're apprehended. You got more on that? Yes. Which is a man. It's supposed to be as like a deterrent. The problem is people are coming here because they can't live where they are. That's yes. why they're coming. So here. it's a lot of South American people that are coming. That's kind of the misnomer that it's all these Mexicans that are coming over the border. Net immigration from Mexico is zero. It's people that are coming from Latin American countries. Like Honduras. Or- yeah, where there's horrific gang violence and things like that. And that's the They come here to, to save their children's lives. Now part of the plan, as part of like a deterrent, is to separate moms and kids when they get to the border. Yes, so the policy that would end up... Possibly. Yeah, be is that uh, you would take the parents and then you put them in, I guess detention centers and then you take the children and you put them in protective custody uh formed by the department of health and human services right so as you said you're going to be splitting up the parents from the children and some people believe that this might be unconstitutional as well as family law would have to get involved yeah, as well. It's just morally uh, a reprehensible thing to do. It's also because he's doing away with catch and release. That's the whole thing where it's like you catch somebody, you send them back and then they keep coming back and whatever, theoretically. But who who's getting rich off of this? It's going to be these private insur- uh, private prison companies mm-hmm. that are building these detention centers, which we've talked about a number of times. They, they uh, forget which one it was, but now it's core civic. They rebranded to core civic and they're going to be making a shitload of money building these fucking detention centers for people that we apprehend at the border. You're separating moms from kids. Like, do you understand the chaos nightmare situation? This asshole is creating. People are not coming over here just because it's fun. And they're coming because they don't have anywhere else to go. It's the best place for them to come. And at these, at these detention centers, they're currently under, there's currently a lawsuit because or a class action lawsuit underway because they're using force. They're, Forcing these people to work for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, that's uh, slavery. Yeah, of course. So, well, that's what the, that I, asshole in Massachusetts it was like. What better way to teach these inmates? I don't know why somebody from Massachusetts have that accent. Sorry. What better way for somebody, you know, for these inmates to learn than to build this beautiful wall? Like he was offering, you know, prison uh, services as well. Chris, you're listening to a Massachusetts accent right now. You, this doesn't sound right. To <laughs> <me>. <laughs> but like, I when I think about children being separated from their parents, it just harkens back to. Oh, what do you, what do you think they did when people got off the trains at concentration camps? Those kids yeah. were never seen again. Yeah, I mean, that not well, right? I mean, and that's the thing. Maybe, probably hyperbole, but maybe you don't think there's gonna be fuck ups? You don't think you're gonna like separate kids and moms and never let them see? Each- like you're what, gonna fuck up. What happens the first time there's a kid with a medical condition that the government's not gonna know about? Yeah, dies. Yeah, what of happens? Course. Oh, well, right. It's a it's a, ah, a it's a it's a crazy thing to do. And then, then you. <laughs> such campaign fodder against you so why would you like 
then that's going to get so much money for the DNC. Yeah, I mean, but that should be the least... I know. It's the, concerned, I, but right, but it's a, it's a, a legitimate thing as a well. A cynical way of say, saying yeah. that because no, it's still a hypothetical mean. argument right now. Right. So as of October 1st, 2016, well, between October 1st, 2016 and January 31st, 2017, more than 54,000 children have been apprehended by the authorities. 54,000? Yes. What, since when? Since October 1st, 2016 and January 31st, 2016. So like in six months. Right. So that period, which is double the same amount from earlier in the year. Yeah, it's because things are getting year. worse in certain parts yes. of the, the world, and that's their option. That's it. Finally, Keystone XL Pipeline will not be subject to Trump's Buy American Standard. Quote from a White House spokeswoman. Wait, what? So he sets a standard and he's not even going to follow it? Well, here's why. The spokeswoman says the Keystone XL pipeline is currently in the process of being constructed, so it does not count as a new, retrofitted, repaired, or expanded pipeline. So we're not going to use American <laughs> steel to build that. Oh, okay. Fucking bullshit. Th- this company that he holds I guess, stock, that he is benef- profiting off of and holds stock in? Well, he doesn't anymore. Oh, okay. Sorry. But yeah. Well, this is Keystone anyway. The fucking oh, the, Dakota, Dakota Access. Dakota Access. That's already built too, right? So I guess that's not going to fall under. So what other pipeline are we going to build? cocksucker i mean there's gonna be more pipelines but i'm just saying these huge products that he projects that he's like buy american american steel we're gonna put on workers no you're not well you're not it was a lie he told to get elected now he's not going to force that shit no of course not i mean he's probably gonna buy from a russian company chinese yeah no it's gonna be he's gonna buy from a russian company well we'll see if this son of a bitch builds the Dakota Access Pipeline with a Russian steel, I'm going to just kill myself. <laughs> so you made I a lot of claims today. Like, if, yeah. if Obama ended up wiretapping him, you got to give up the podcast. If it's yeah. Russian steel, you got to kill yourself. Okay. Not even just give up the podcast. I'm just not even going to pay attention to politics yeah, at you, all anymore. You're just, just going to put on headphones. It's going to be the, it's gonna be the uh, bubble you do for the debates, except just, just all the time. Turn it the other way around. The only voting I'll do will be for all-star games. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> um, all right. I'm done. Kids, do you have anything else to say here? No, I just want to say great job. Thank you, you too. And I just hope that we can get one weekend, just one weekend, where crazy shit doesn't hit the fan. Listen, man, they keep telling Trump stuff on the weekends. They keep letting him know that Obama's wiretapping him. It's Nixon's Watergate. You know, he's got to get it out there. What do you want him to do? Wait till Monday? Serious stuff. Eat more fiber so he doesn't have two hour shit. Ugh, yeah. Well. I mean, he's eating whatever he wants. He's going to fucking Mar-a-Lago. He's got butlers down there. That guy, do you know how many golf trips Trump has gone on, by the way? No. Eight. What? Since eight. Since, since he became president. Elected? It's been like eight weeks, six weeks. God, well, done, well done steaks just probably aren't, aren't that good to eat every day. Yeah, that's a weird. Oh, whatever. He can eat whatever kind of steak he wants. That's fine. All right. I'm out of here. Listen, we love you guys. Thank you for listening to the program. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, respectively. I'm at Matt Samp. Joey's Joey from Jersey. At Joey from Jersey, Jersey spelled with a Z. Matt is Matt D. Weiss on Twitter. SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can go on there. You can leave a comment on the episode. I respond to those. Joey's going to start doing that again. Yes. Have a nice conversation. Email us, Mandatory Samson at gmail.com. You can buy Ozo Perizoso, Brian Wilson's debut hip hop cello synth album. It's very good. And uh, that's about it. So I love you guys. Stay woke. And we'll talk to you next week. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. 
and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.